Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to change the landscape of podcasting as you know it in professional wrestling. This is the Game Changer Podcast. Featuring the greatest asset to come out of Canada, the legendary Mr. Fritz. as well as featuring yours truly, the game changer, Nate the Effin' Great. change the game one day at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coda Jacobs, the crusader and visionary behind a brighter future in wrestling. If you're an honorable and noble public servant like myself, you are listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Gosh, welcome guys to the Game Changer Podcast where, oh my god, there's just so much craziness going on here. And there's a reason why we are playing a certain theme song of the future Hall of Famers that will be the Bell Twins. But first of all, let's get into the introductions. I am indeed Nate the African Great being joined here by the only other person that's seemingly sanity enough 
to basically say, hey, let's put Jamie Noble in the Hall of Fame, the one and only Mr. Fretz. <laughs> uh, absolutely. The I called myself the essential last week, but I'm like, I'm just a stock boy. Don't call me essential. <laughs> hey, thank a nurse, thank a doctor, and don't be a dick and wash your hands. Hey, fair enough. And guys... We have with us a very special guest here. Uh, he has been the mastermind behind the Rant With That. He is the mastermind behind the Rant where they remind you that they are a show for mature audiences with immature humor. He is the Rant Master, whatever you want to call him. He is absolutely one of the best individuals that we've gotten the chance to meet. So please, by all means, give it up for the one and only Ranta Claus, whatever you want to call him, Anthony DeStefano. Anthony, welcome. What's going on, guys? It's uh, it's good to be on, and uh, man, that was a nice intro. I, I think, I think, I think I always wanted Fink to announce me, but I think I'll just have you announce me. Every room I walk in, I just want Nate to be like, "This is the greatest person in the world." <laughs> like, and then people, people know I'm not an asshole. Well, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> oh my god! And honestly, guys, this has been something we've been trying to keep under wraps for quite a while. Um, it wasn't until. Ant actually volunteered to, to come on the show, and literally, I think your your message was just because you guys have been so awesome. Dot dot dot. I'll come on your show. I'll talk yep. some wrestling. I could tell as soon as the dot 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 hit. I'm like, oh, he's probably gonna not enjoy this as much. This, <laughs> this is the only wrestling show I'm doing Mania season. So oh my gosh, that's. I remember back in the day, I'd be on like. But when I, I did the oversaturation of Ant Tour the one time, and I did like 32 shows in like 25 days or some shit like that. It was like Papa John. I ate 40 pizzas in 30 days. <laughs> Jeez Louise. So we do, we do have some questions we want to ask you. And guys, we're going to be doing some WrestleMania predictions with our special guest, Mr. DeStefano, on here. So I think uh, I beat you last Mania. Uh, we tied. Either that or we tied. I think, I think we tied. I, you know, here's the weird part. I still have that video of us. Uh, when we were doing the uh, predictions and we had the beautiful scenes of New oh, York City gallop. in the background. That was just absolutely great. And now one year later, social distancing, talking over Skype, good times, good times. Friends, fuck your shirt, by the way. <laughs> I did it just for you, bro. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Buster beater. And then he left you guys, but that's fine. You guys are still good. <laughs> oh, yeah, for now. So, I definitely do want to get into some questions, because like I've usually been doing with a lot of the other people that uh, I've had on the show, I like to ask some questions that, you know, kind of raw, that definitely are like no holds barred, no hold back. Uh, of course, if anybody pink. does have a question that we don't... I'm wearing pink, a pink thong right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, you, can, you can see it at onlyants.com, that's O-N-L-Y-A-N-T-S dot com. You can see my pink thong panties with the... It has their old rant with hand mask on the crotch. And subscribe. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're off to an amazing start already. This is just, this is exactly what I was hoping for, and then some. So, I, I gotta ask you, first of all, Ant, it's been about one year since, you know, you've closed the doors to Rant with Ant, and you've moved on to other pro- projects. Is there any, I know that you've told me in the past that, there's usually like that one thing that would get you back into professional wrestling, and obviously, apparently, this is the one thing that's getting you back for a one-time only deal. But has there been that one thing that's kind of been interesting you or getting you back into wrestling right now, or is it still kind of on the I'm good right now? I still 
follow wrestling. So, like, I don't want people to think I left wrestling and, like, I hate it now. That's not the case. Um, I have been keeping tabs on it. I just, I'm not, do, you know, I'm not donating as much time. I'm not sitting there Monday, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, just dissecting it all. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'll ever dive in like I did. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'll ever spend the time I did watching it. Um, because a lot of the stuff, even when I was doing Rant Within, I didn't enjoy that WWE was doing. And I just watched and I pushed through. Now I can watch what I want on YouTube, or I can watch what I want on clips on Twitter. You know what I mean? Um, AEW has been great. I, I think since the audience hasn't been there, AEW has definitely been the best wrestling show on TV. Um, so that's got me interested. It's mania season, so seeing all the pictures on my time hop and the memories thing makes me miss everything. Um, and I'm actually talking to um, my buddy Bill, who was Matt Riddle's tag team partner. That's how I know Riddle. We've been talking lately, and he's like, man, I really want to get back into wrestling, because he, after he retired from wrestling, he hasn't watched it, you know? So I'm like, listen, you're in, I'm in, like, but we're only watching pay-per-views together and, and shit like that to kind of like, because it's hard not having someone to sit and watch it with, I feel, or if I don't have someone to go talk to directly after it. So I just feel like that might get me into it, but I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of television for one week. You know, that's one of the reasons why I've been trying to cut back so much, because I reached a point where it's like, this is just not, like, like you said, it's just not fun anymore. This is just literally, unless I'm getting paid to watch, you know, Monday Night Raw for their excruciating three-hour deal, where, you know, Liv Morgan and Lana fight for the upteenth time, or for whatever other reason. I mean, there's still some good content that, even with the other... There's empty- great, listen, I, I am so excited for the Undertaker match. And I haven't been excited for an Undertaker match since 30 you know what I mean? I wasn't excited for Undertaker versus Reigns because I, I knew what Undertaker could do and I knew Reigns would have to carry it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Reigns is my guy. But I haven't been this excited because this is the, the, the beautiful thing about this WrestleMania is they can edit stuff. You know what I mean? They can make these matches feel like a movie and feel like, like a, a, a Marvel Universe fight if they want to. And that's cool to me. That's something that's like, hey, I'm excited because now you're going to use the Undertaker in a Boneyard match with special effects and shit, I'm in, let's do it. I mean, honestly, it's going to be one of those situations where it's like, wow, maybe we were a little too hard on Hardy when he did that uh, ultimate deletion deal, because this is actually this is actually very entertaining. Fretz, you've been very quiet over there. Do you have anything you want to ask Mr. Ant? I'd like to know, Ant, uh, how about 36C bra size? <laughs> 36C, um, 36C, okay, that's lavender color and it has roses on my nipples Ooh, that's awesome uh first first off i have to say how much i enjoy your random creed singing just because i have i have a, a bond with one of my co-workers and it's it's an inside joke it's it, i'll just say it involves alcohol joke everything involves alcohol and it involves creed so when I start when I started at Value Mart, it'll be eight years in May. Uh, uh, the, the guy and I we used to put up sale labels, and we would think, okay, this shit radio station mixed one hundred six, whatever it is, we're shutting this off and we're putting on like Rock ninety. Well, I'm speaking Canadian terms. Slack, you'll get this, but still, fuck you, Slack. Um, oh, fuck you, Slack, still a thing, huh? 
Apparently oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 listened, I listened to them this morning, and one of their guests said team, and one of their guests said fuck. So, okay. <laughs> and, and, and anywho, just random rock station, and every time Creed would come on, he would go back upstairs to the radio, blast it, or any time we're driving to the bar, blast Creed, and we'd break out in song. So, thank you for that. It reminds me of that, and I always bring it up to my coworker. <laughs> How did the rant come about? The rant came about, oof, man. So I missed podcasting. I thought I was done with podcasting. I thought it was something that I was kind of over. Um, and then I realized I missed it. I had a void in my life because that mentally, that was my escape. So I asked Kyle, who I work with, who's a ch- you know a child friend. Like, we've been friends for, like, 20 years. And I said, listen, I think we're funny. Um a lot of people laugh at us, so why don't we just do the damn thing, you know what I mean, and do it lighthearted, and then um, we work with Brad, and Brad used to be actually my boss, so then Brad joined in, and it's just, it's something that I definitely miss, it's on hiatus right now, um, and that's hard for us, because that is like my mental escape, um, with the new show Wiz Wit, that's like my sports show, I'm feeling the passion that I felt for Rant with Ant with that, as far as a brand goes, but the rant is something that I want to continue to grow just because I think it makes people feel good. Um, and it, it, it's, it just makes people laugh and it brings smiles to people's faces. So it's like I'm serious about the, the rant, but it's a little bit less serious. If you listen to the show, you'll know why. We make fake commercials about bump boo-boos and melatonin. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something that I just missed. I missed podcasting. I missed just being able, and that, it's a whole different thing, because like, Phil and Issa, when we did Rant with Ann, I loved it, because it was just me talking to my best friends, right, and it was just over Skype, but I'll tell you something that's different, and, and Phil will tell you this, because he was just on the most recent episode of the Rant Before Hiatus, is when you're sitting in a studio together, you play off each other, so like, you'll hear on the show, there's times that one of us is fucking crying, laughing, and you're like, what is so funny? It's probably some hand gesture we did or something to try to pop the other person. And it's kind of like a game you play. You just feed off that kind of energy. So I just wanted to do something totally off the wall because I feel like when people listen to Rant with Amp, the reason they fell in love with it wasn't only because we had such a great chemistry, but because we were so off the wall. Because you lived for those Aunt Margaret moments. You lived for the moments where I would just go off the deep end and start singing fucking Michael Jackson out of nowhere. You know, it's... And that's very my personality. So I wanted something to just basically be the rant. I am Ant, and people call me Ranthony now, and Ranthfather, and uh, whatever other great intro Nate gave me. Um, rant Daddy, uh, only rant.com. O N L Y, rant.com. Bookmark saved. But. You know, it's just, it was something that I, I needed for my mental health, honestly, and that's how the rant came about, and I, I'm so proud of it, and I think we have a really good time, and um, our sketch comedy shit's fun, and something just to push your creative boundaries, and then, you know, and then I started the WizWit podcast three weeks ago for my Philly sports love, there's nothing in this world I'm more passionate about besides my family and my children than Philly sports, anyone who knows that will tell you, even wrestling, I've always been more passionate about sports than wrestling. Like, it's just, I bleed green. I bleed Eagles green. So, um, that was something I wanted to do for years. And when the rant went on hiatus, it was more of that 
how am I going to cope mentally? You know, I know I need to do something mentally where it keeps my mind busy at night, you know? Yeah, no. Uh, absolutely. Oh, sorry, Nate. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. You're good. I was going to just say, no, absolutely. One of the things that Fretz and I definitely do comment on when we do this podcast is we always talk about some of the things that we listen to. And one of those is usually, you know, you, Kyle, and Brad just being complete idiots on a podcast. Uh, recently, you guys did your uh, March Fapness, which was... The March Fapness tournament was fucking great. <laughs> so many, just, oh, so oh, many hidden goodness. gems that I've, I've now discovered during the quarantine. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm a man of God, and I'm trying to quit watching it. Because <laughs> I knew, like, most of the names you said there. Yeah, right? However, there was one there was one missing. Who was it? A Bella Danger. A Bella Danger is nice, right? Oh yeah, I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God too. That's why I keep my wife on her knees. I'm just kidding. That was that was a prayer joke. (laughs) I hope so. Well. I know that I'm going to have to make this an explicit content for the... Yeah, well, you knew I was coming on. I knew, (laughs) yes. Dude, this was... I didn't care. I was just like, dude, he's going to bring this on. I don't care. This is great. Um, I, you know, whenever you guys talked a lot about, you know, personal stories and stuff like that, it makes it more relatable, which is one of the things that I love about the rant as well. Uh, One of the things that I've mentioned, of course, is the fact that I'm not the biggest fan of Kyle. I'm more on, you know... Rant's number one, Brad's number two, and Kyle's number three. But he can't really do anything about it because he doesn't have social media. Uh, yep. One one moment where I was just like, okay, I can kind of relate to this guy was when you guys were talking about one of your uh, talking about one of your trips, and basically Kyle has that awkward moment where <laughs> where your wife basically just says like, I'm "Worried my boobs are gonna fall out." And it's like I would be the same way in that person. I'd just be like, "Uh, what, what do I what do I say in this kind of situation?" I, I, I just I would just like release the. That's what I say. That's amazing. So you didn't pay five grand for him not to fall out, right? Let the rain fall down and wake my dreams. Let it walk. Remember that Hillary Duff song? She used to be Yes. Oh, gosh. I do remember that now. Absolutely. That that would sound weird coming from me because you're about my age. And when she was popular, I was like, 20 and she was 16 so I'm like uh nope <laughs> two, more two more years I'm, I am turning 36 on the 23rd so good because when I was so that means when I was I was 32 so I, I'm her age hey oh four so, years that's, not, that's she, actually not bad she was always she was always just super hot Nate why don't you like Kyle Kyle's such a nice guy <laughs> it's not that I hate Kyle it's just one of those things where I feel like there's always that one person you feel has to get more shit than anything, and I feel like Kyle's just like that's when he's usually at his best is when Brad's talking random, you're talking Creed, you're calling kind of stuff. Kyle's just kind of like, why am I even in this? It's just one of those things. Where oh, yeah. <laughs> well, because me and Brad are very energetic, and Kyle's very dry, and I think that's what makes the show like work so well is because Brad and I have the same energy, and Kyle has that chill energy, and it's just a clusterfuck. But it's a beautiful clusterfuck. It's it's like yes. wa- it's like watching uh, a car wreck. But there's some some point where it's just like, wow, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, that maybe went to a dark place, but whatever. Um, See, that's why I think you you should probably like Kyle the most because that was that was a Kyle joke right there. <laughs> that was okay. dark. Kyle always hits you with the dark jokes. You're like, Jesus Christ, Kyle, do you have a heart? <laughs> uh, him and I would get along great. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I do I do want to ask this because 
Last year was an awesome, awesome year to go to wrestling shows, and last year was my first time going to New York, getting the chance to actually meet you, Issa, Phil, and you know everybody, everybody within WrestleLadic Radio. And you know, again, we'll always say this till the day that we die. Fretz and I will always say thank you for giving us this opportunity because it is almost one year to the day where you basically uh, left uh, WrestleLadic Radio as well as Raymond Thamp, but just that you know deal you told Ricky. He said you know. Get Game Changer podcast on. Get Fretzelmania on this. So yeah. we have no, no, no quarries, no, no issues with you. Even if you say something that's kind of like, kind of dicey, it's one of those things. Where it's like, still respect the guy. He gave us an opportunity to be awesome. So yeah, I say a lot of shit that's dicey, which is fine because I feel that if you, if you know the person that I am, you know that I am the most caring, compassionate person, and it's just something I like to do to have fun is I'm very energetic, and I say whatever comes to my mind, which is a problem, but you know what I mean? When I saw you guys, you guys represent what I want what I want at WrestleAddict to be, and it was, let's have fun, and let's create a positive environment. I think one thing I pride myself on about Ram Within is no matter how bad wrestling sucked, you wouldn't knew it sucked when you listened to our show. You know what I mean? It, you thought wrestling was was back in its golden era when we, when you listen around with that because we just we just talked about the positive. Was there times where I'm like that? That's stupid. Yeah, but we're not someone that's going to go on screen for an hour and yell about how you should change this, how I hate that, and I and you guys represent that too. I mean, it's a very positive outlook on professional wrestling. We all get made fun of for being wrestling fans. Why don't we just stick together? It's just it just that's the mentality I wanted to have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw one time, uh, I think it was like a few few months ago, I had that picture where basically they did this, where somebody made this like long-winded deal basically where they said, you know, Fox is owned by, by Disney, Disney has this and this has this, and King Corbin is royalty. So now we can officially see that Corbin is a Disney princess. And the amount of toxic shit that I got from that was just... Oh, God, yeah, just have fun, people. Why Why is everything offensive? Why? It's not offensive. Oh, you know, Kay Corbett, she's playing a character. No shit, Sherlock. Fuck. <laughs> You're such a something foe. I know, right? Such it's like, God damn, stop being offended. Just have fucking fun with wrestling. Like, can you imagine if people were like... I, I remember how great of a heel Rowdy Piper was. Like, Rowdy Rowdy Piper mm-hmm. was the best heel. Can you imagine someone's like, you know, he's just playing a character. He's not like that. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. And the things that he did in the, and the things that he did in the 80s would be like a friggin' hate crime today. Yeah, exactly. Oh and, and even the, the Attitude Era, which I am revisiting in a 20 plus loot cheap plug. <laughs> uh, well, great logo. Just, great logo, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Some 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 guy made that. I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Weird <laughs> so, ass. But I, I was revisiting the Dudley Boys the time that uh, he did the, Bubba did the super bomb to May Young oh. off the stage. And I oh, love gosh. the story that Bubba told. I think it was on uh, TMZ or Zed if you're a Canadian <laughs> that when, when he grabbed May Young, he's like, you fucking slam me as hard as you can, boy. Do not take it easy on me. Like, yep, yep. And then on the way down, farts on him. Hilarious. <laughs> but you're, you're super bobbing women through tables, which all of a sudden he power bobs her and hand hits him in the face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I'm going to have to revisit the way I already did. <laughs> Shoots out there. I know. I'm sorry, Fred. You're a man of God, and I'm over here talking about hands shooting out of vaginas. <laughs> not right. Well, uh, oh, I could have made a squirt joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it all. Oh, my gosh. 
I, I, I will I will say this that I'm, I'm a bad influence. <laughs> and yet we still hang hang around you because we we like you that much. I mean, if you're a bad influence, then you should be joining up with uh, what was it? Oh, Kazarian and Daniels when they were doing their deals or just have like app like apple martinis and stuff like that. Feel free to worship us. But now they're doing awesome with uh, Scorpio Sky and SCU and those guys. Uh, just... SCU's fun. I, I think they get pushed a little bit too much in AEW. I don't think they should. I think they get pushed too much, and the Lucha Bros don't get pushed enough, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Lucha Bros are like one in three this season. You're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> do you know the talent you have with these guys? Like, Pentagon himself can be the world champion, and Ray Phoenix might be the most exciting wrestler on the planet. Their, their stuff with, uh, was it with uh, the OG LAX? Oh my god, LAX and uh, Impact? That was awesome. the frig- What was that friggin' match where they had nothing but the uh, wood on the floor? Like con- I don't know. Con- that was... Yeah, oh, con- had, the Concrete they had, Jungle like, match. like, a series. They had a series yeah. of matches with LAX, like, right before LAX jumped to AEW, and they're, like, it was, like, probably, like, six or seven months before, and it was just... It was fucking beautiful. That's when Impact, I thought, was the most consistent wrestling on TV, honestly. It was phenomenal, and what I loved about it is, at that time, uh, what's the... The G... The... Something, some the app that had all the impact shit on it on oh. Xbox. Oh, like uh, impact act. Well, no, it's like impact it access or whatever it is. No, it was G, it was G, it was Global Force or, or like a, a something oh. app on on Xbox One, and I could catch it although a week late. I mean, it was it was like Thursday nights was Kings of the Rings and that, and then like Saturday or Friday morning was always rant with Ant before work. So. <laughs> That was some good times, and the that show sucked. By the way, the, really was terrible. Yeah, show. <laughs> the Lucha, the Lucha, I can't think of it if it was the Lucha Bros, but there was another one with you know uh, Proud and Powerful. I hate that name, oh, and the OG LAX, which I forget. Oh, what that was that was fucking sick too. I remember that dude. LAX had such a good run in Impact. I don't. I feel like I mean. Here's the thing. A lot of things probably got stopped right now with how the world is, which I understand. Um, but, man, fucking way, AEW has a deep roster now. Especially their tag division is second to none. And especially with the rumors of the Revival are going there. It's like, well, it's only going to get better, you know? Yeah. Get in. I, when everything, when the word that we can't say because we'll get demonetized <laughs> ends I, and I, all I, this <laughs> shit like settles down. Uh, that's the first thing I want to see, like, double or nothing. I don't think we're going to have crowds at double, uh, whatever the May one is, oh. but in September, I'm just being optimistic, because Comic-Con was rescheduled for September, and I really want to go. <laughs> uh, that, that's when you'll see, like, lights go out, Revival in the Ring, Shatter Machine. I can just picture it, man. Uh, oh, I love it. I mean, we're still waiting for the uh, Talk is Jericho revival episode just because we know that's going to be so absolutely insightful. I mean, we already know a lot of from from uh, John Moxley, from Matt Hardy, from Brody Lee. Yeah, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> tr- tr- trust me. I, th- I thought you were going for, I could slap a tornado. <laughs> I was going to say John Moxley, but... He says, J- it's like J-E-H-N. He's like, yeah! <laughs> I will, I will say that li- listening it in person, you def- just listening it in person is definitely different than hearing it on television, but, I mean, just Frog is here, guys. Hi! <laughs> Hello, Lord! 
<laughs> Jesus. You know, I headlined WrestleMania last year, and now, now, I'm fighting, I'm fighting Kevin Owens. <laughs> Jesus H. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, Seth Rogans can go away. I'm sorry, guys. This is this is what doing a show with me is like, by the way. You know what? No, I'm, man, that, that's, about as, that's as funny as Teddy Turnbuckle. If you don't know who that is, well, go on YouTube. I, I was good. I was good. Fans podcast. Shout out to the fans podcast. There we go. Ah, I know everybody. <laughs> I know everybody. Deal with it. I don't know. I'm just being random right now. Um. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where my train of thought went when we were going to. Oh wait, wait, now, now I remember. Uh, was going to talk about uh, last year. I, I do remember last year's WrestleMania being. Really f- enjoyable, and honestly, it's not even because of WrestleMania itself. It was because of everything that happened before WrestleMania, which you know, Rant Gala, the uh, f- fourth wall uh, tailgate party was absolutely awesome. Everything that went on there was great. Uh, WrestleCon, which now is completely official, and unfortunately, they were not able to do it this year, um, was absolutely amazing as well. It's just really crazy to think that you know the stuff that you know surrounds the quote unquote big event is more enjoyable than the big event itself. And the only reason why I say, say that, other than the fact that I was there for that, along with so many other people, um, to, to drive back was just absolutely miserable. I don't know. Actually, i got to ask this, Ant. Uh, how was your drive back from uh, WrestleMania after the show was over? Um, I don't remember. I think I fell asleep in Phil's car. And then we woke <laughs> up and I was at the hotel, and I was like, ah, dope. Um, <laughs> no, but... And then it, to drive home to WrestleMania, I mean, and then I just woke up and drove home the next morning, so it wasn't like, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what, the drive home from All In was ten times worse. Because we're oh, idiots. that's right, that's right. We're I've... idiots, and we had so much adrenaline after All In that we said, let's start our 13-hour drive tonight at 11.15. After the whole show, after doing podcast row that day, and by 3 o'clock, I said, I think I'm going to fall asleep and kill us. <laughs> but by the grace of God! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you made it back. That's what that's what really mattered. And honestly, th- that's also one of the highlights I remember, especially when it comes to AEW, is that, you know, they do such a fantastic job of introducing you to just great stars, but also getting the chance like to meet them. Like MJF. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to get neat with that because I know he's like, uh, you know, MJF did an interview with us straight in character the whole time, and he said, "Ran with ants the size of your brain," and you know how I am. I'm like, no, actually, it, it's called ant because the size of my dick. <laughs> I thought you were going to go there, Ian. I just fed, I just fed right into it. And I, he looked at me like, oh fuck, like this kid's going to give it back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I can give it back. Like I can. I can hold my own. <laughs> yeah, it's like that top, uh, Nate, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, you know, the Tempur-Pedic shoes thing, when oh, he was firing back at you, I, I would, if I was there, if that was me, I'd have been like, something like, yeah, these Tempur-Pedic shoes look good under your mom's bed last night, so, <laughs> yeah, the whole interview, I was just kind of like, playing along with it, you know, you know he's just playing a character, but man, shit. <laughs> right? Surprised people. People actually try to fuck him up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy because my uh, only interaction with him was at a C2E2, and he was pretty calm and pretty chill. And that was kind of one of those things where it's like, huh. 
I would have figured well, you know he what? He saw the camera, and when you see a camera as an entertainer, it's your golden moment. You know what I mean? That's true. Well, well, like I said, this is that C two E two. So there, the only camera that was there was that uh, distilled f- photos I had there, and there, and also one thing I loved about the guy who took the photos was that he made it almost seem like it was a movie where it just looked like MGF was looking one direction, then he just slightly turns his head, and then he just turns his head, looks at my belt, that kind of deal. That was one of those things where it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah. You, I mean, I mean, the Kings of the Rings motto is, fuck you, Slack. For me, it's, fuck you, MGF. Just, just no. Uh, although I will say that one of his... Uh, what about he, Seth Froggins? Oh, Seth Froggins? Uh, In Frog We Trust... That shut up. That, I, I just do. I am so thankful that we're not getting the uh, King Ricky um, de- deal that he proposed on King's Rings like for every single week. I'm sure Fred's he might have suggested it again this week. The whole deal where literally was like Good Friday. He just goes out, goes out with a cross, and then somehow he resurrects on like Easter Sunday or so. Whatever that, whatever the hell his. Fantasy booking is he, he gives me grief for fantasy booking shit. This is one of those things where it's like, dude, if my Wait, fantasy who's booking go, who's going out on the cross, probably Seth Rollins because of all the Cody Murphy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, oh god. Oh. oh wait, who's the guy that just got injured? Maybe, uh, he, maybe he'll raise from the dead on Monday. What, what was it? One of the AOPs like they're always hurt. And it's like the, it's like the revival all over again. Yeah, it's like what, what, what they do? Do? No, we're not. <laughs> We're uh, told. Uh, oh, 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 don't worry about it, Nope. <laughs> it's like Kevin Nash tearing his quad. Oh, jeez. Which time? Yeah, three times. Uh, he'll do that, like, getting off the toilet. Oh, no. you just said his name. He just tore his quad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. You say three times the quad tears. <laughs> uh, funny story. Uh, Ant, you ever watched the Beetlejuice cartoon? No, I haven't. Okay, well... Google the name Dan Hennessy. He's a voice actor. Name any 80s cartoon he was in. I mean, he was Braveheart, Lion, and Care Bears. Was oh, it like the, the guy who sung the theme for Full House, Step by Step, and Family Matters? Uh, unfortunately, no. You know, that same guy sang all those songs. And he had that voice. You make it better second time around, yeah. As days go by. Yeah. that I liked a lot of the things that they put on his uh on, on like on like his I don't want to say like scorecard his uh oh god what are they called uh like na- nameplate na- thank you uh yeah. yeah the nameplates where some, sometimes he'll say he'll just say like you know Adam Page has drunk at least five beers before this matchup has begun or yeah. I does- like that see it gives him a little bit of a personality <laughs> like I felt like he he's probably the young up and coming star in AEW but like when they put him against Jericho I'm like there's no way this guy can win no one's gonna care 
Yeah, and then we see the matchup, and it's like, oh, gee, okay, either one of these guys could possibly go out with it. And I will say this, it would have been a tie between me and Dusty Dave at the end of the night had I not said to him, dude, if we want, let's make this interesting. I'll switch to Jericho if you want. If you want to stick with Hangman, and uh, I, I think it's one of those why things. Would you ever, why would you ever bet against Jericho? Because I thought that they would maybe try to do some kind of new blood deal, but apparently they think Jer- it was. Ask him! Ask him! <laughs> oh my god! I, sh- I, I I've learned. I've learned my lesson. No, I will say this: that there was one time where I honestly thought that Jericho was going to win, and he lost. And that was at Revolution. I bet on Jericho, and I lost. John Moxley. Came out victorious, and to be honest, I, um, I'm happy I'm wrong. My, my buddy does a, a stream, um, shout out to Heal Please Heal, and he does something called FWF every Friday night, um, where he has created characters of his listeners and viewers, and it's like a wrestling show, and he doesn't he doesn't do anything, it literally, it's WWE 2K, and it's all fucking simulated, like you get to watch the match, he doesn't play the match, <laughs> and uh I told him every time that my guy has someone in a submission hold, he has to do the Jericho. Ask him! Ask him! It's an I quit match all the time. Ask him! He's done it for 20 years. It's my favorite. Every time he does it, I pop. I love Jericho. Jericho's the gift that keeps on giving. You know, and, and honestly, when we get into it later on in the show, we are actually going to be talking about Jericho as one of the big game changers in professional wrestling. So... A little bit of preview for things to come. Honestly, him fighting off or just bickering with a drone is one of the greatest things I think I've ever seen in professional wrestling. And I've seen stupid stuff. That's right. That's so good. So awesome. <laughs> Alright, guys. So, I think we've done enough t- talking for that kind of wrestling. Let's talk about WrestleMania. The not one, but two night event in which we will see so many great matches that some people want to see, but probably not. Really, we'll talk about those Beatles matches. My left hand, onlyants.coms, onlyants.com. <laughs> oh damn it! So, for those of you that don't know, we're going to actually revitalize a rivalry that Ant and I had last year because, unfortunately, one thing we brought up before the show even started was that last year we ended in an F and tie, which is unacceptable because when you end in a tie, that just means that's worse than losing, to be honest. Yeah, it's like, like the NFL when they're like, there was a tie game. How the fuck is there a tie game? So there has to be a winner. There's a winner. Or lo- Who's booking this shit? <laughs> right. It's the XFL. He's going to puke. He's going to puke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's a football player. You look good in the ring, pal. Who, who's this guy with Who's this guy with Mojo? Uh, we're going to... What's your name, Moss? Randy Moss. Sorry, get him out of here, pal. <laughs> Damn it all. Oh, jeez. So, we're hopefully going to be breaking the tie. It's been a year in the making, and we're also throwing Fretz in here. Somehow, if Fretz wins this entire deal between the two of us, that's just... That's a shock of the that's year. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> you're, you're okay with it. You mean, like, how the third man... That, that friend of yours, that third man... Won us in the spicy contest against Ricky. <laughs> Fr- friggin' oh, what, why can't I remember his name now? Spencer, no, not Spencer. That Max, Agent Cooper. Max uh, Cooper. Uh, first, are we just making up names? Kelly, now? Kelly Cooper. Kelly, I just forgot his name. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, friggin' raccoon guy himself. <laughs> he might as well. He might as well be the live deal of, of Rocket Raccoon at this point. He just he just has that kind of dry sense of humor, but also just 
when he when he laughs, it's like one of the best things you'll ever see. But all right, <laughs> it, it, it's insane. But all right, let's get into talking about the match. Some of these matches have been changed, more than likely. Uh, some of them probably have not. But we'll get into that when we get when we cross them. Let's talk about everybody's favorite matchup of any of the nights. It's going to be Otis versus Dolph Ziggler, and Mandy Rose will be in Dolph Ziggler's corner. This is one of the most entertaining feuds I have ever seen in wrestling in quite a while. Uh, I would almost dare say that I haven't been excited for a matchup between two people since Miz and Mizdow, which we already talked about. Cheap plug. Uh, and we'll start. You guys talked about it before me. Uh, wait, you talked about Miz and Mizdow? Yeah. I mean, we've talked. We talked about some of the like intellectual people of uh, wrestling, and uh, okay. and and Damian Sandow was kind of like the one who just absolutely was the uh, brainchild behind it. And we're thinking like, well, what are some of the other people that we could throw in here? I mean, we got we got you know badass douchey shoot Jericho. We got the genius. Uh, I think I think. Fred, you threw in a couple other people. I was just like, you're oh, forget, yeah. you're forgetting the best one of all. I, I'm listening. Intellectual? You're, you want someone intellectual? Bobby the Brain Heenan. I think, I think, Fred, didn't you mention Bobby yes, the Brain Heenan? I hope you did, Fred. Uh, I, I, I probably did. I, I can't remember. But the one that caught people off guard, and I have to give the R.A. Cameron, Cameron from the Funkadactyls. You know? <laughs> I, I forgot yes. she existed. Yep. Count! And she's on her fucking stomach, idiot. And, and her theme song was called Girl Bye. No thanks. Deleted. Uh, no, but what was uh, the R.A. Era podcast, which is the U.K. version of the Ruthless Aggression podcast. Mm-hmm. Not the one that we like, Nate, but the okay. other one. So they, they have a theory about Eugene. It's like, yes, his gimmick is that he's mentally ch- that he's mentally challenged. A gimmick that I do not care for at all, given the work I've given the work I've done with said people in the past. But he's like, but when it comes to in ring wrestling, that's the only thing he knows, and it's like his passion. So of course he's a genius in the ring. And Nick Dinsmore was one of the best technical wrestlers in OVW history. So they they bought that a little bit into it, but. That's just a theory. It was kind of funny. I kind of agreed I, with it, but that's, sorry. That's amazing. I, I I love Nick Dinsmore even more. I literally said to him on twi- Twitter that he was one of the reasons why I got into wrestling, which I'll talk about uh, after re- WrestleMania. I do did mention that I was going to do uh, you know year year in the year as a wrestling fan deal, which will pro- which will be free on Patreon. So I'll definitely plug that just a little bit. Uh, Funny thing is, I still have to work on it. <laughs> it's, it's literally just going to be me raw talking about, you know, first year with wrestling, that kind of deal. Uh, talking about my reasonings is why Eugene was the one that kind of influenced me a bit, but there were other people that did too. Uh, but he was the one on Raw that kind of hooked me there. Uh, SmackDown was Eddie Guerrero because, yeah, because he was yeah, awesome. Eddie Guerrero is the fucking man. He is the, the best. Man. The guy, the guy should have gotten like at least two more world title runs in, but that I guy. Didn't. I mean, he. He would have. Unfortunately, we didn't yeah. get to see his career play out. It's the same thing with like Owen Hart. It's like yeah. Owen Hart was primed to, to win a championship eventually, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had a Phantom title win in '94, and that he won. Hit. He won on a house show. He beat Bret Hart, and then the next night on Raw, Bret Hart came out with the belt. They never even acknowledged it. It's like it wow. me off. there's actually footage of Owen Hart winning the belt. I've seen yeah. it. It's on, it, it's on YouTube. It's By the way, um, not to get way off topic, but. The dark side of the ring. They're gonna do an Owen Hart episode. I'm gonna fucking cry for three days. I so, um, 
I I am gonna ball the whole time. Yep. I mean, uh, New Jacks was uncomfortable oh, as hell. I that was New Jacks. Was it good? Cringe. Oh. It's, watch it. It's, it, it, but it made me cringe the entire time. I, I think I, and, uh, <laughs> I think I literally said that. Uh, I think I said. I think I said like I only wanted to watch it one time. After I was done with it, I was like, never again. No, it's just. Wait, wait to the shower. I went. Uh, Mine was kind of like day after, like the Chris Benoit one. I like couldn't sleep. I was like, man, this shit's crazy. You know, I have a family yeah. of my own, and I just can't imagine ever, ever even thinking about doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. It just, it just totally gets you. Yeah, and then you know, and then people go, "Oh, should Chris Benoit be in the Hall of Fame?" And I'm like, "Fuck no!" Like, no, no. after reliving that, fuck no. He should. I, you know, can I say Chris Benoit's probably the best technical wrestler I've ever seen in my life? Yeah, but what he did was unforgivable. I can't, I can't watch his matches and feel comfortable anymore. No, I t- totally get it. And for for me, there's a lot of people that would probably question why I'm able to, you know, talk about Benoit. I can differentiate between. Chris Benoit, the wrestler, the one that we saw in the ring, and Chris Benoit, the monster that we unfortunately had to relive that whole ordeal with. Uh, Definitely, definitely, if you get a chance, check out the uh, Paul Heyman interview where he actually does address his views on on Benoit. I think it's during a Inside the Rope deal where he talks about his first deal with with Brock Lesnar, where he's basically taken him under his wing. Uh, He he addresses one one person in the crowd uh, when uh, when, uh, you know, I'll just say it right now. So, Paul Heyman basically t- talks about how he was supposed to be a manager for Crispin Benoit WrestleMania 19, at uh, 18. I'm sorry. And there's one guy in the audience that kept saying, "My boy, my boy." And Paul Heyman addresses that. He said, "He said, okay, let me let me put you guys like this. Three people died in that house on that day. One person had the choice. Two people did not." He literally said, "I don't care about CTE. He knew what he w- was doing. Nancy and Daniel didn't have a choice." Fuck him. As a performer, one of the greatest I've ever seen. But as a human being, I don't care about CT. Fuck him. Yes. That's 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 literally yeah. my mindset too. It's like I can. It, it's hard for me to differentiate though because like I get I get like what I, if so, so here's the thing. Okay. If I am the best manager in my company's history, right? Let's mm-hmm. just say I, I go down as oh my god, he was the best manager of all time, right? Mm-hmm. And I go home and I kill my family. I don't want people to be like, well, but he was a great manager. No, fuck me. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, you don't deserve any accolades when you do something that heinous. Like, that's just me. And I get why people love Chris Benoit, because I was a huge Chris Benoit fan at WCW. Him, Jericho, Malenko, Mysterio, that was my golden age of pro wrestling for me. You know, I used to tune into Nitro just to watch the Cruiserweights. And Benoit was the man. And Benoit was in the Four Horsemen with Flair and Mongo McMichael. You know what I mean? And that shit just... I, I cheered him, and then I remember WrestleMania, and I wasn't even into wrestling. I watched that WrestleMania just to see him and Eddie, you know, go for titles. Like, I, I was a huge Benoit fan, but after that shit happens, it's hard to even say, oh, well, this, this. I can admit that the guy's a great performer, but I don't I don't think he should get any. His name shouldn't be mentioned. I think after this Dark Side of the Ring thing, I, don't, I, don't, I hope it's never mentioned in wrestling again. I think more likely yeah. that's right. So, um... What were we talking about? Oh, Otis and Dolph Ziggler. That's right. Otis and Mandy Rose. Oh, man. Mandy Rose. Let's talk about something. You want to talk about creation? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I want say, Mandy Rose to win. <laughs> it just turns into a triple threat match. Lucha Underground Mandy style. Mandy Rose wins, guys. <laughs> Mandy Rose it wins. Turns, it turns into a... Nope, never mind. I'm not going there. 
Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's, a, it's a three-way dance between Otis, Dolph Ziggler, and Mandy Rose. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen, and nope, we're done. WWE Network's canceled forever. Uh, so for this I'd one... Resubscribe. <laughs> so I resubscribe. So for, for this one, for the na- namesake, I'm just going for Otis. He's a Wisconsin I'm boy. Z- I'm going Ziggler. It's Ziggler's first singles match in Mania. You can't have this dude lose. you got to keep the story oh, sure, going. Right. Well, maybe not. I don't know if there's going to be wrestling for a while after this True. with all the shutdowns. I'm going Ziggler. Going Ziggler. All right, Mr. Fritz, what you got? This is a tough choice. I've heard there. I watched uh, Cultaholics predictions today, and some of them are saying, Tucky, no, do not break up heavy machinery yet. I, oh, that's not happening. I hate that I'm picking it because Otis is my boy. I think there's just going to be some kind of screwy thing, possibly with Sony Deville involved, but Ziggler's going to get the win somehow. All right, so I'm the only one that's pulling for Otis. I'm okay with that for right now. That uh, doesn't mean we're cheering that. That's true, okay? that's true, I know. I, know. Gonna, I, I want Otis. For Otis, but I think Ziggler's going to win. Listen, it's a game <laughs> of predictions, okay, bud? Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so the next up we have... Actually, this is probably going to be one of Fretz's favorite deals because it's going to feature... One of his favorite tag teams. It's for My the favorite tag teams by me. <laughs> hey oh. Uh, <laughs> so it's for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. We have the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane taking on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, or as a lot of people now know them as Frets. The Bukaki Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one who's made that joke. Thank you. Uh, was it the... Uh, Bliss Cross Applesauce. I'm going with the Kabuki Warriors for that. And also, I do want to say this for your guys' prediction. I just literally put down applesauce just for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just put down Bukaki. <laughs> that, that's my Don't joke. Google now. that, kids. <laughs> if kids are listening to this, please. Hey, search on. If kids are watching, watching, we have the explicit deal on here. Shame on you for listening into this. Yeah. Also, also you subscribe. You can visit my Only Ants account if you're a parent um, <laughs> of these kids that you're yelling at. <laughs> only <laughs> Ants. And watch, they go to it, it's just a live stream of a bug's life. No <laughs> 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 love for Ants. That would be amazing. No, then, then you go to Bumble, then it's uh, straight to <laughs> the movie. Bumble. Uh, or, or it's just Jerry Seinfeld just talking like the bee from Bumble. <laughs> from bee. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, next next up we have for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, Sami Zayn taking on Daniel Bryan. So I will say this, Fretz. I was really close in predicting this matchup right. I just got, you know, Sami Zayn's opponent wrong. I just, ah, damn it. I thought, I was, I was still hoping for Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. I think we're going to get down further down the line. I think we're going to get Shinsuke versus Bryan. Oh. Uh, I really want that so badly right now. So, uh, Ant, who have you got for this one? Uh, Daniel Bryan. I'm going for the Sammy. D. Sammy. I'm going for Sammy. 
Go for the Sammy. I'm going for D, I'm going for D, D Brown. You fucking Homer over there. <laughs> no, man. I'm just thinking. What a Homer uh, pick. He's going to pick everyone from Canada, aren't you? <laughs> hey, Quebec don't even want to be part of Canada, so they can. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> no, with uh, I, I'm not I'm not one for the dirty dirt cheats, but you know, with Bree pregnant and Brian. They're saying he'll go into quarantine or he has some kind of immune condition. I don't know what. It doesn't matter. They're about to cancel wrestling for having off-season, so. Oh, that's true. But I... Sammy just won the title, but that was also just before, you know, Steve Carino happened, so... No, no. (sighs) It's it's, it's Mark Carano. Get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I I had to make that joke at least once during this show. Um... But, you know, the thing about it is that they could make a really good story out of this, especially considering the fact the last... Uh, no, it wasn't his last t- title. Um, one of the few, you know, it is one of the few titles that he never really lost. So, actually give him a good run with it. So, I think that's what's going on with it. But I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, hey, we are going to have the match of the night here. We have a random match pitting the man that everybody likes to walk with, Elias, taking on everybody's favorite heel, King Corbin. Why is Everyone's this favorite heel was Elias. <laughs> that why, is true. Why, why did they switch him? I, I don't know. Alright, I'm going to go Elias. I don't even care about that match. That's going to be the match where I'm like, babe, make the buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> mm, that sounds good. That's uh, going to be I, the one that's going to lull everyone to sleep. You know what I mean? It's going right. to be the one like, fuck, can we get through this match? I'm, I'm trying Elias to get... is one of my favorites. He always has been. What I have about him, by the way. What about Corbin? Uh, as a heel, I love his work. No, yeah, I think he's great as a character, but in the ring, I don't think this matter. I don't know. I, I think Elias, I, I like Elias, but Elias has only shown he has one really great match, and it was with Roman Reigns. That's true. Seth Rollins. Oh, no, oh. He had a good one with Seth, too. Fair. Everyone has a good match with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Yeah, 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 you yeah, just yeah, saw yeah. the demon. He's back. <laughs> Uh, oh wait, Fred. Uh, there, there's there's the Messiah himself. Oh jeez, uh, Fred, who have you got for this one? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with Elias for this one, and there's a reason why. I'll explain. You want to walk with him? That's why. Uh, well, of course I want to walk with him. He's amazing. Uh, but Fred, who have you got for this one? Oh, I already said Elias. Yeah. Oh, you said with Elias. For some he's reason- getting his heat. He's getting his heat back from dying on SmackDown. Okay. For some reason, I thought you were going to go with King Corbin. That was what I had you down for for King Corbin, <laughs> because I thought that were your mindset. That's where you were going with. But I'm sorry. Um, oh gosh, another great matchup. We need to just get out of the way. Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. God, what? Wh- why you got to pick on Bob, guys? Come on. Vince, Mc- Vince McMahon still thinks that's Ahmed Johnson. Um, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with Aleister Black. Yeah, I agree. Fretz? Black Mass. Black Mass all the way, man. Black Mass? All right. We got we got that painful deal all the way. Nope, we got another one. Uh, I think that match is actually going to be sneaky okay. Uh, not, uh, not great, but I think it's going to be okay. Because Aleister Black's good. I, I like Lashley's... I like Lashley's work, actually. I don't I don't like him as a character, but I think his work his work's not too bad. Especially if you have someone like a speedster with Black who can kind of carry the match. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, let's get on to another matchup. Hopefully we can just get out of the way. 
Uh, Bailey defending her SmackDown Women's title in a fatal five-way elimination matchup. Why, can't why, just... why do you want to get this out of the way? This is going to lead to the hottest story of the summer. We'll see about that. Because... Sasha Banks is winning. Yep, Sasha Banks. You don't have to say the competitors. We already know what it's going to happen. <laughs> Sasha Banks is going to win, and her and Bailey are going to be like, you're not friends anymore! And then they're going to have the locker room fight that they had back, like... Ten months ago, and then it just blew over, and they became best friends and tag champs again, even though they were going to fight. Remember that? Yeah, that's fair. And uh, they to get Dr. Shelby <laughs> back in the fold, finally. God, that was the greatest thing. That I was so happy when I saw Dr. Shelby again. I'm like, he is one of those un, 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 underrated characters that should just go into the Hall of Fame just for that reason. Just, just because. Dr. Shelby for the Hall of Fame. Make this a thing. Uh, for my prediction for this one, I'll be the odd one out of this one. I'll pick Bailey retains for this one. Although also, uh, Adam Blompier had a really interesting idea for it, which kind of was like, okay, I could see this being a thing. Uh, where Sasha is just about to hit Bailey with the belt, but she's like, no, it's my friend. And blah, blah, but Bailey's just like, okay, well, it seems like you have a heart, but I don't. Bashes Sasha over the head with the title belt and just steals the win. But... I don't want face Sasha. I hate it, face Sasha. Keep keep heel Sasha as long. <laughs> what I, is that Billy Madison? The scene where he grabs the kid's face. Stay here as long. I just <laughs> saw that. You think you stay as long as you want? How I like want to like grab Sasha back's face. Like, stay here as long as you can. <laughs> don't ever say that. Donkey Kong sucks. You something. You suck. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have the Raw Tag Team titles. The Street Profits taking on the unlikely team of Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Zelina Vega will be with them at ringside. Guys, do we even see new tag team champions in this match? No. Oh, no. All right, so Street Profits all the way for that one. That was easy. Uh, tri- is this night one? Is this, or is this like broken up how it's going to be or not? I'm literally... I'm going through like the entire card and just picking on that. Because like, if you're going to tell me that these raw tag titles, Otis and Dolph, Lashley and Alistair, and Elias and Corbin are all on one show, I'm skipping a night. No, no, no. I'm basically okay. I'm basically just going from like. <laughs> oh, oh, do I even have to watch Saturday night? <laughs> no, I'm I will, I'll be at work until ten thirty Saturday night. Then I'm in at seven thirty the next morning. I'm watching all on Sunday. Phone off. Notifications off. I'm, I'm, I'm 20 hours of wrestling I'm, I'm literally just going through like least likely excited matchup to more exciting matchups I'm at Johnson's guy I'm at Johnson's you gotta make him look strong god damn it <laughs> uh, remember when they fought over the letter T in WCW oh jeez <laughs> remember the uh, Judy Bagwell in a pole match <laughs> Jesus oh my girl on a pole oh, oh let's see the pinata the title, that, that Four Corners ladder match where the title fell out of the damn suitcase. Oh, jeez. how did you watch this shit? Uh, probably very, uh, very drunk, which, that's fair. Uh, next up we have The Miz and John Morrison defending their tag team titles against The New Day and The Usos. Obviously, we've heard rumors that there might be a it's little be bit a of a ladder match, right? It is yeah. it's supposed to be a ladder match. Uh, there Usos. Are, yeah. There might be some like different changes with the matches because apparently the Miz was not feeling well and people are not happy. Yeah. Like, I know he he. I thought he worked, and that's why everyone was mad at him. Maybe. I think so, Usos. Okay. Let's ask Brad Shepard what he thinks. Ninety-five <laughs> percent of my sources of no one have told me the Miz was sick. <laughs> Fuck up, ass clown. <laughs> oh my gosh, this this is one of the reasons why. 
Dang it, that's just... This is one of the reasons why I love having you back, Ant. <laughs> this just is absolutely amazing. Uh, Fretz, who have you got for this? Usos. Usos. Well, I guess I'll be the odd man out. I will go with the... Uh, I'll go with uh, Marty Jannetty and Mizzy Jannetty. You know, those two guys. Hey, yo, Dave and the Miz and John Morrison just put out a rap video, by the way. It was terrible. <laughs> I remember they did that when they were feuding with Crime they Time. They just so they can keep doing goofy shit. <laughs> you know what? I'm changing my answer. You're changing it to who? I'm going more more some is. They're going to keep this stupid shit up. Fair enough. Uh, next up we have the last man standing matchup featuring Edge versus Randy Orton. Oh, boy. Edge. I, Edge. Yeah. Edge. Homer. Homer pick. Pick the guy from Canada again. Hey, <laughs> Edge. Pick I am like, I'm an hour and a I'm an hour and a half outside of <laughs> That's where the guy grew up. Of course I'm picking Edge. Pick Sami Zayn, didn't you? I picked Sami Zayn because I wanted yeah. to have a long run with the title. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my, I'm sorry. My uh, my NBA championship shirt is just itching me, man. Jeez. Uh, well, let's see if the streak continues here. With another Canadian in this matchup, we have Kevin Owens yeah. versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. Kevin <laughs> Owens versus Seth Rollins. Let's kick it to you. Who's winning? You're... <laughs> 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 yes, bastard. I... Hey, I'm not picking KO because he's <laughs> <laughs> you, are. you are racist against America. <laughs> hey, uh, if there were... If there were... <laughs> If there was ever a new un-American stable in WWE, I'd be the flag bearer for it, okay? <laughs> I'm actually in Canada here, too, Kevin Owens. <laughs> hey, as I said, Quebec, remember when they wanted to separate? Remember the referendum, Aunt? You're, it said you're only a bit younger than me. You remember the referendum. They wanted to separate. But been to Montreal, beautiful city, by the way. Uh, last yeah. Yeah, after like six low blows. Oh my gosh. Kevin Owens. Yeah, I'm also going with Kevin Owens for this one. Uh, this, I, I'm going to have to remember all of this now because I feel like anytime we do a prediction show, Fretz, I'm literally just be like, you're picking him because he's Canadian. You are racist towards Americans. Just, just, just like. Play my- just to get in his head. <laughs> hey, was, that supposed to write, was that supposed to write these down? No, I'm writing them down. We're good. We're good. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that I got like every single one of them because there's 16 matches. We're all we're over halfway there now. Uh, next matchup we have in here is the Boneyard matchup. We have the Undertaker taking on the phenomenal AJ Styles. For those of you that might not remember, I'm excited for this match. I'm interested in seeing what it is because you know, I think I think you see Kane come out. I think you see all the shit, dude. This? I think you see Kane pop out of, like a graveyard and just take out Gallows and Anderson. Oh my gosh. I would love to see him just like a hand just come out of the ground. Yep. How awesome would that be? Oh, I'd be... mark out. Yo, what if it was like all the shit from Undertaker's past? Like Papa Shango. <laughs> fucking you see mankind like near a gravestone just fucking rocking back and forth. Oh. Paul Bear's kid dressed up as Paul Bear. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes! And he's going, oh, oh! Wait, <laughs> did you say Bone Claw match? Because I got Wolverine here, so. I'm going to say Taker wins. And I'm excited. Taker, all right. Uh, Mr. Fritz, who have you got for this one? Uh, th- this has Taker written all over it. Uh, uh, I'm probably going to pick Chris Jericho. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
No, he picked he picked he picked the Undertaker because Undertaker is secretly Canadian. Don't you know that? No, yeah, he's gonna pick Brock Lesnar because Brock moved to Canada. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Listen, um, the Canadian he's gonna pick the Canadian badass Brian Adams. <laughs> In the summer of 69. Oh, no, I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Brian Adams in a Chad Kroger on a pole match. So, <laughs> so. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, for this, yeah. Oh, gosh. For, for, for this one, I'm picking AJ Styles for this one because somebody actually brought up the idea that Undertaker's coming back as the American badass. And AJ Styles, he could probably wrestle freaking uh, circles around American badass. But maybe they could set up, you know, Taker as the Phenom versus AJ Styles for SummerSlam, something like that. So I think AJ Styles is going to pick up the victory. Plus, Undertaker losing at Mania, it would only be like his third time, but right now the mystique is already gone because of his loss to Brock Lesnar. He should have retired then. That's just my opinion. No, he should have retired. But the streak. No, no, New Age Insider said it best because we were all there together and we were all hanging out, and they're like, he came back and he made us cry over a jacket and a hat after he lost a race. Oh, like, he put it in the middle good. of the ring. We were all fucking sobbing. You made me cry for a jacket and a hat, and then you came back, like, fucking six months later, like, not dead yet, bro! <laughs> no, that's that's that's, even, that's a fair point. Now, here's the question. I know it's in a graveyard. Does Fred Durst's career become unburied and <laughs> Limp Bizkit come back? Or just one... More fights. Oh, man, Fred Durst. Yep, I'd be all over that. This time, let it out. I've got a crack at it. I'm going to this right here. People in my hands. With, oh, I can go on, man. No, I, I had that album. I wore that shit out. I had all the Limp Bizkit albums, but... Even the green one. Even the green one? I don't know. I had Significant Other, which had all those songs. And then uh, Chocolate Starfish and a Hot Dog Flavored Water, which was one with... With Rowan. The first album was called, I think, Counterfeit. That had uh, George Michael's Faith on it. See, don't question Three, me on my red biscuit. <laughs> I think that was called $3 Bill. Y'all. $3 Bill, yes. And it had the song Counterfeit. And the green one was Results Made Vary, which had, uh, oh, Build a Bridge, which was the theme song to one of the 03. What was it, Survivor Series, Nate? We were reviewing that. Wait, Limp Bizkit was still around in 03. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, they had a. Uh, Oh, oh, they did a really, did really bad remix uh, cover of Behind Blue Eyes. Huh. And the whole video was just like Fred Durst just standing there and like, you know, he wore trying. a blue Yankees hat instead of a red one. <laughs> I, I, I think he was just, he was trying to be something else. I mean, I'm, he so, was, I'm so glad that I have the ability to get people so off topic. It's a gift. I'm just saying this whole thing. Show, Nate, and if you and I did a show together, we would never get on track. Cause it'd be nine hours of us just singing Creed to each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we should just, just change this to like the Rabbit Trail podcast because that's all we do. <laughs> no, that, that's gonna be the name of this podcast. I'm just gonna put down GCP presents the Rabbit Trail podcast <laughs> with Anthony DiStefano. That's, that's me. That, the <laughs> and don't forget Seth Froggins. <laughs> And Seth and Butters, that's me. <laughs> hey, I'm Kyle. I'm Kyle. We're the Kyle. And we're the Kyle. Today's great podcast is by Nate the Effing Game Changer. It's called the Game Changer Podcast. Every podcast is filled with fun times with his co-host, Mr. Fretz. Oh, oh my gosh. I... Available, on, available on OnlyAnts.com. <laughs> OnlyAnts.com. 
Only if that game changer. Game changer. Yeah. Change the game since '96. Game changer. Oh gosh. I mean, I would have been like, well, wide open. It's time to play the game. <laughs> Transition into everything. Or just stand there and forget the words like Levy did at like WrestleMania 22. Oh yeah. It's uh, all about Hunter Hearst <laughs> Oh, that's right. And the hammer. That oh, man with gosh. three H's. You can pitch your ass. <laughs> what? Also, why the hell is Motorhead not in the Hall of Fame right now? He should be. Because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, yeah. that's right. I just, I just think they need to be in the WWE Hall of Fame for all the memorable, off-color, freaking lyrics that they had during WrestleMania the entrances. Just, it's just beautiful. Yeah, and Fred Durst. Put, put him in there. Fred Durst singing. Fred Durst will never win any more awards in his life. Give him, give him his one last chance to shine. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's like Kid Rock in the Hall of Fame. It's just a participation trophy. Yeah. Alright, so next matchup we have here is the Firefly Funhouse matchup. The Fiend Bray Wyatt taking on Mr. Jonathan Q. Cena. The Fiend needs this. Like, this was, this is the match where Bray's career, I felt, went off track is when he lost to Cena at 30. He, they can get his win back, give him momentum, and the Fiend can continue his streak of taking off people who did Bray Wyatt wrong. Seth Rollins, John Cena. Next up will be Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? The people, the people that have cost Wyatt something and cost Bray something is people the Fiend is targeting, right? That's why he lost to Goldberg because Goldberg was never on the Fiend's agenda. He is now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm in agreement with the Fiend. Uh, John but- Cena wins. <laughs> I, I, I want the Adam Blompier writing for for uh, the way the whole John Cena Bray Wyatt deal happens, where literally lights go out, John Cena, he's dressed up like 2003 John Cena, lights go out again, then he's wearing those stupid biker shorts with the weird buzzed haircut, and then he just beats him like that. That would just be awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm agreeing if that... John Cena wins, I quit WWE forever. Uh, you know, there is one other matchup that will cause me to quit WWE, but that's, that that would definitely be one where I would be pissed. Uh, not not quite Goldberg, but you might, you might be on the right Goldberg track. Goldberg the goalie from Mighty Ducks. Just <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Goldberg! It wasn't me! Oh, man. Uh, Fred, who have you got for this one? This has The Fiend written all over it. I mean, this... Ever since he challenged John Cena, I knew that this was happening. I, I knew that even before the next Firefly Funhouse, after, you know, The Fiend... The Fiend can point to the side! Oh my gosh! Uh, I knew that this was going to have WrestleMania 30. Or was it 31? I can't remember, but... The wrong person won that hey, time. what the fuck are you fighting over there? I, I, was, I was mocking what... Uh, Fiend's uh, point oh, yeah, was I like thought you look yeah. like you're in a mosh pit. I was like, "Holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> are, the are, are, are the invisible ghosts there?" No, the Fiend's over there somehow. But no, it's, no, it's, it's the spirit it, of MJF has, trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, this has the Fiend written all over it, and, and and the way that well, Nate talked about how every time the lights go out when Cena's in the mandible claw, he's a different Cena. This is going to be theatrical. I think this is going to 
not te- not like talent wise, but spectacle wise, it's going to steal the weekend. This is going to be the water cooler talk on Monday, even though I'm not working on Monday right now. But it's it, the thing he has to win this and get his momentum. And you know, and and you brought up a good point about uh, a lot of people were really pissed about the Goldberg thing. Well. Goldberg was never part of Bray Wyatt's past, which is why, you know, one, like, a couple of spears and then a suplex, not a jackhammer, took him out. And, <laughs> yeah, a yeah, it, it, it was, uh, if you ever played Super WrestleMania for the Sega Genesis, and Shawn Michaels' finisher was the side suplex, despite the fact it was more of a back suplex, it, it was that move. It was no break, not, nothing at all. There's gonna be some wacky shit I think that will also play into both of their past yo what, I mean, if, if, what if Bray dresses up like Husky Harris to start <laughs> that would be then I might then, then I might just throw this laptop I'll be watching it on out the window <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be fun that would be fun because they didn't like John Cena really fuck up Nexus too he did that is true was that Randy Orton? I thought Randy Orton did leading up to Punk at Mania. Oh, don't, don't give me the he, theme. He versus Mason Ryan. But they didn't see that beat like all Nexus, like, and that's why Wade Barrett's push went to shit. Yep. Yep. Nope. I remember well, that, that. That was pre Bray, though. That was that was Husky. Oh, was that pre? Was that, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's Husky, though. So <laughs> John Cena fucked Nexus, which messed up Husky, which made him turn to the crazy psycho Bray Wyatt that he is. And now he's a fiend. Yeah, and 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 John Cena, he's going to be going to more movies like uh, 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 I don't know what movie he's doing. I, I haven't even seen any of the things that he's been in. Tokyo Drift sixteen. Oh jeez. If there's another Fast and the Furious, I might. Uh, oh, there is. There is that the the one where apparently he's the brother to Vin Diesel because reasons. <sighs> I just want to see him play the what tech. If, what if Vin Diesel fought Diesel? at WrestleMania in the Battle of Fuel and Fuel performed everyone's theme songs on the way down oh to the ring. Oh an angel. That's Hinder. Oh my Shit. god. <laughs> hey, who's Fuel then? Fuel's like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, there, there it is. Butt Rock just sounds all the same to me, bro. Everyone's the same. Oh jeez, that, that would be yes. amazing. The, but, the feed has to has yeah. to win here, and it'll be another picture on the fire on the funhouse wall. And there's, I think you you said it best. There's only one more picture on that wall. I think that will be able to right every wrong, and that's Roman Reigns. That's way down the line. Hell, even Undertaker. No, Undertaker is the ultimate one because Survivor Series. God willing, please let there be a gathering. In Texas, where it began in 1990, full circle to take a shot, where it ends with Taker. So, makes sense to me. Uh, next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship: Shayna Baszler challenging Becky Lynch. Let's see, how many bites do we think that a Shayna Baszler could bite a Lynch? I think Shayna Baszler um, beats Becky Lynch with the help of Ronda Rousey. I agree. Ooh, that's good. That's make make that three. All right, I guess we're all for Shayna, all for Ronda coming back. Hopefully at Mania, fingers crossed. Let's hope so. Next up, we have the Blue Universal Championship matchup as Goldberg, William Goldberg, 
takes on, on Wikipedia, it's Roman Reigns. We don't know if that's the case. Matt Riddle. You know what? Honest to God, if that would, would happen, that, I would That was just him you were texting, wasn't it? I wish. <laughs> so, um, that, so, it's really weird how they have this. They have this on the Wikipedia. They haven't changed it really. So, um, let's not do a prediction on this, because I don't, you know, just in case people haven't seen it, I don't want to be a spoiler. Fair. I've, I've already made my prediction on this, and that's literally... I think WWE made like an announcement. Oh, the winner of the Elias-Corbin matchup is going to face Goldberg for the Universal title. The only way this yep. will work is if Elias defeats Corbin and then rolls up Goldberg for the, with a schoolboy for the 1-2-3. Elias is Universal Champion. That's the only way I could see that working. That's April just Fool's what that was. Right. Uh, um, whoever fights Goldberg is going to win. That's what I'm predicting. I am... I have a feeling I know who it is. I haven't seen it. I don't read the spoilers for this. God damn it. Why'd you... Kevin? It's Kevin Nash. Steasel. <laughs> with, oh, with the okay. taser. I mean... And then Cody Hall gets involved with another taser. Cody <laughs> Hall comes all the way from New Japan Obscurity. <laughs> yeah, I remember... He was, he, was, he was all New Japan and I didn't see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, he was in Bullet Club, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, fuck you, Kane. <laughs> we, only, we only want one Cody, and it's not you, you bastard. <laughs> oh, man. Give all it right. all away, give it all away again. <sighs> well, these, these, <laughs> these women, I think they're going to give it their all in this matchup. The NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte Flair. I love I, some Rhea Ripley. I, yeah, Rhea. You guys are going for Rhea? I'm going for Charlotte. Yeah. It's okay to be wrong. Uh, Honestly, I will say this. If Charlotte does win this weekend, Ant, you know the first thing that's going to happen is literally be me being, just saying, at Game of Ant. So, buddy, uh, what was that about me being wrong again? And I could see you just being like... I didn't say you were wrong. I said it's okay to be wrong, right? So, either way. I thought you were going to tweet Slack, but then I would smell the smoke coming from Toronto. That's fair. That No, he says he's not from Toronto. I'm an hour, I'm 30 minutes north of Toronto, you're from Toronto. If, you're from, from, I, if I was from Canada, I would just tell people I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. It didn't matter <laughs> how, where, I can live on the fucking New York side of Niagara Falls, and I'm talking, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. Uh, That's how I do. If All I right. can smell Canada, I'm from Winnipeg. <laughs> Fair enough. Alright, uh, the final matchup here, which should be the main event, whether it's night one or night two, Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre. Everybody knows I'm picking McIntyre for this one. Drew is my boy. If he does not win, this is where I rage quit WWE. If Brock he does, Lesnar. oh fuck you, <laughs> just f off. Brock Lesnar. Oh my gosh. So are you picking? I... The, are you picking the Canadian? Me? Yes, you. Yeah. I am. You know Brock okay. Lesnar's the answer. <laughs> well, I, I remember last year we said Roman Reigns was going to beat him at Mania, or uh, in 34 we said Roman Reigns was going to beat him at Mania. I do Everyone said, oh, he's leaving anyway, and guess what happened? Yeah. He beat Roman. No, I'm not picking him because Brock's leaving. I'm picking Drew because of the fact I love that Drew. Drew. I want Drew to win, but my, my Brock Lesnar's winning the match. Oh, boy. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. This isn't a prediction. Like, this is a spoiler. No, this is a guarantee. Did you see that? that, that CM Punk comes back. CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he finally made it into WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. But 
despite the fact I'm hearing reports of, oh yeah, they should save Drew's uh, big win for, uh, you know, uh, people, I still think Drew's going to take the title on, on, uh, on the show of shows. I want him to, but I'll say this, I would not be surprised if Brock wins and saves it, say, for a SummerSlam, for, you know, when everyone comes back, when Steve Carino is over and we're flattening the curve, uh, which I will assume because our beach is closed, and someone got an $800 ticket for not obeying, but that's besides the point. Sure. (laughs) All right. Yep, so those are the predictions for WrestleMania, you guys. Hopefully the long-awaited draw has been broken by the end of this weekend. We'll find out. Uh, It'll all depend on whose uh, Twitter account is flooded with yays and boos. Uh, But before we get into the next part of the show, guys, we are going to take a bit of a break. Uh, But before we do that, Ant, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being a part of this. This was absolutely off the rails. I think that's what everybody wanted and everybody expected. So you definitely gave us a new element to enjoy when it comes to this edition of the Game Changer Podcast. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for keeping the legacy alive the right way and just, you know, always promoting positivity and having fun while doing your show. That is the most important thing for WrestleAct Radio. That's the important thing for wrestling fans is just be yourselves, be goofy, have fun. You know, that's what I do. I don't care if people like me, hate me, because at the end of the day, I'm having a ball and I'm having a blast, and you guys do the same. Don't let anyone push you off the path of success you're on. I'm proud of you guys, and uh, keep up the good work, and then maybe maybe we'll make this a mania thing. Maybe I'll be on for SummerSlam. Who knows? That would be amazing. That would be great. Uh, so before you do, do go, Ant, uh, usually this is the part of the show where I let you know our guests do plugs for their social media as well as the, definitely the major things that they've been having going on. So please, by all means, plug away. How can people talk to plug you? Plug away. Um, so I have four different shape up plugs at onlyants.com. We have the oval, the sphere, the triangle, and of course the diamond. Diamonds are forever, and so is Tessa, Tessa Blanchard. Um, but um, who is still the, the best female wrestler in the world? Sorry, don't at me. Uh, yeah, speaking of not at me, uh, you can follow my podcast at the RVNT Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at Game of Ant. You can follow my sports podcast at WizWit Podcast. Make sure you drop a follow to Who Got Next Pod. That is Phil and MJ doing big things. And if you're in the AEW, the Inner Elite Pod. Um, that is Phil's solo show. Check that out because I don't do wrestling talk, but my co-host does, so I'll support him on everything he does. Awesome. So, guys, we're going to take a little quick commercial break, and when we come back, Fretz and I are going to be talking about the Penis. game changer. That is oh. <laughs> penis uh, druids. Yes. How'd, how'd you know we were going to talk about the penis druids from all in? <laughs> so, what, what was it? Oh, the, penis, uh, uh, the penis puppets. There we go. <laughs> the penis puppets. puppets. Oh, God. So we collect ourselves. We'll be right back, guys. Stay tuned. What's going on, everybody? This is the Queen Bee, the HBIC of Wrestle Addict Radio, the Kate Murphy. Why do fools fall in love? Should I change my Tinder bio? These questions and more will all be answered on our new Patreon-exclusive show, Love and War. Watch me and King Ricky Rose tackle the questions and struggles of finding love as a wrestling fan. Love is a battlefield, and this is Love and War. Exclusively on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. I came to the- 
Hey guys, this is Nate the Up and Great. Hey, have you ever wanted to be a champion but can't seem to really find the money and the time to get a championship belt? Well, you know who's a really good friend of mine? AJ from AJsBelts.com. These guys have a large assortment of championship belts, from classic belts to the modern day belts to championship belts that you would not even believe. And guys, like I said, they work with you very well. With an awesome layaway program, there is no way that you can beat these guys' prices as well with these guys' deals, especially when you can give them a little bit of money every now and then until you can get that championship gold. Coming from a guy who's a champion and a game changer, I'm Dean Nate the Effing Great, and I'm representing AJsBelts.com, proud friends of the Game Changer Podcast. I'm Wild, and I'm Randy Fitzsimmons, and this is the Game Changer Podcast. Welcome back to the Game Changer Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am Nate the Effing Great, joined here by Mr. Fretz. Of course, you can check us out at WrestleAttic Radio at Attic underscore Wrestle, as well as at the legendary JF, as well as at the Real Effing Game on our Twitters. And we also do have our Instagrams that you can follow us. I do a lot of pictures when it comes to more wrestling-related stuff, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. I know, Fretz, you do the same thing. Uh, also, I'm doing a little cheap plug for this. Definitely check out the rebooking of Fretzelmania's deal where he talks about Wrestlemania X7 how he would rebook it and to be honest there's some matches there I'm thinking okay I could see this being being very interesting uh, so definitely check that out so definitely wanted to plug that and as you can tell by the music we're talking about the former Le Champion we're talking about Chris Effin Jericho uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting for us to even go into Chris Jericho after that amazing interview that we just did, did with uh, Anthony Stefano. A lot of love. Sending you lots of it, dude. Uh, he also said that he's looking forward to bragging to us about him being right about everything with WrestleMania. Uh, we'll see about that. We'll see about that, Ant. But, Chris Jericho! Uh, what can we really say about him other than he is, honestly, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time? Drink it in, man! Uh, <laughs> Jericho, uh, and not just because he's Canadian, and uh, <laughs> Jericho, yeah, listen to that before you get to us here, that was fun, uh, yeah, Jer- I just, since day one, ever since he was born baby-faced Chris Jericho in WCW, I've always taken a bit of a shine to him, like, God, this guy's good, and then when he really found his own, I mean, we're, I imagine we'll just be going either sequentially through his career, or bring out some highlights. I wanted to watch some stuff, but I just couldn't find the time. But Jer- Jericho is one of the most smartest people in the business. I mean, a while ago, you and I talked about, you know, the intellectuals of wrestling, and Jericho has to be in there for 
constantly reinventing himself and making things like scarves uh, a list of freaking piece of paper over the word it ending every word with the suffix holic you know jericho holic monday night jericho uh, i can go on and on but we're probably going to be breaking into too many of the highlights i have written down here so top probably my top 10 i think maybe yeah he's in my top 10 i i'm not gonna go who they are right now because they change every day yeah he's definitely within my top 10 i think i actually did a podcast where uh i was ranking people down the line and down the list for quite a while and i do believe that jericho was in my top five if not my top 10 if i'm not mistaken uh, one of the reasons why I do love Chris Jericho is, as you said, he's able to invent himself, but he's also able to just take something and make it work just absolutely immensely. Like, one of the best examples of his earlier career works was when he was doing the conspiracy theory in WCW, where he lost the championship to Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko wasn't supposed to be in the Battle Royal, but he was a guy under a mask. So Jericho goes to freaking Washington, D.C., and he's basically trying to get, like, people to write down on a pledge, basically say, saying, you know, let's get let's get this, you know, championship thing revoked. He's in a library, basically saying, wonder if they have, like, a chapter on, like, battle royals and wrestling. And I'm just thinking to myself, God, if somebody were to make an actual library of professional wrestling, I would go to it just to see what they got. They might have some sections where it's, like, rules in wrestling back with, you know, ECW, WCW, all that kind of stuff. Um, I would just be a, fa- a fan of that. He's talking to people on the streets about his how he got screwed in the Battle Royal. Uh, I think there's even a point where he was trying to get into the White House and he got denied by security, which I thought was amazing. Just stuff like that where he is just finding a way to kind of be like very... What's the word I'm looking for? Jeez, uh, oh, what... He's basically just trying to be be like with current events. He's trying to be relevant. There we go. That's what I was thinking. Uh, just that stuff. And, you know, we saw all the other crazy stuff they did in WCW. Another great moment was his feud with Goldberg, where, you know, how Goldberg back in WCW had all those security guys. He just had, like, these two random people pulled, pulled out of the freaking deal. You know, Ralph, oh, my gosh. just He got Ralph over, who was just, like, some random... Ralphus. Ralphus. I'm, I'm sorry. You know what? It's fine. I should definitely be getting a little slap on the wrist, which I did, for um, for not getting the name right. But, you know, just him coming out and just being like, what's up, Lexington, or wherever city they were in. Uh, there was even one where he actually got locked out of the arena because they couldn't find the door to where the, where the ring was. It was just one of those things where he walked outside the door. He's like, ready to go. They took, like, five steps out and they're like, uh, this is not where it is. And then they... Jericho just quickly turns around and realizes it's a one-way door. Crap. <laughs> just so fucking funny. Oh, my gosh. He was so vastly underutilized in WCW is one of the main points I want to make. Yeah, he was. He didn't have that memorable of a run, but you, know, you brought up one of my highlights where I believe there was like a battle royal or something for the, not the, championship but a championship shot oh, okay. and Dean Malenko who he was feuding with was dressed as a C-Co-Play C-Co-Play there it is I can speak uh, and you know Malenko takes off the mask of course because I think what he does he does like a Tiger Bomb or the the Cloverleaf and Jericho's just like wait what 
and, you know, unmask, because they were feuding with them, and Blanco went away for a while because it was like, you know, oh, he got beat by Jericho, and it's embarrassing, and he mocked his father, who I think had either just died or had been dead for years, like, Boris Malenko, Boris Malenko, funny, good good one, and, uh, yeah, and if I had to go first, WCW, he went through the Monday Night Jericho phase, calling everybody Jericho-holics, had a good match, which I think we covered at Halloween Havoc with Raven, and after that, it was just a couple of TV and cruiserweight uh, championship reigns. And by 1999, you know, he was effed. I'm, I'm done. Like this booking stinks. So, of course, leading up to his WWE de- debut, we just see this uh, big clock. But it was counting down. Uh, at first, I think it was like this many thousand hours leading up to the debut, but he could have been so much more in WCW. I don't think he would have ever been the champion because this is back when, like, Kevin Sullivan would have been booking or Kevin, or, like, the inmates running the asylum. So who was the champion while Jericho was there? Like, Hogan, Giant, Lex, Goldberg, Hogan, Nash, uh, Savage, Sid, one of my personal favorites, by the way. Uh, all these big guys, and you didn't get the little guys getting the main event showcase. They got a showcase, like we were like we were talking about with Ant. It's like you tune in to see the cruiserweights. You tune in to see these technical gods, and they're highlighting the show, but not getting enough. It's like when recently, in the past couple of years, when all of a sudden Monday Night Raw would turn the ropes purple and have a cruiserweight match for six minutes. And it would always be like, uh, who, who's the Scottish Supernova guy? Uh, Scottish Supernova. Ali- uh, you know, Alicia Fox. Oh, Noam Dar. Thank you, because he, he was my favorite in that division. Loved him, but he had Noam Dar versus Cedric Alexander for three weeks in a row, and then Anzo Amore versus... Uh, Grand Metal League, and it wasn't enough. And Jericho kind of helped bring up some of the exposure to your smaller technical guys. No, definitely. Uh, one of the things I definitely will say with uh, Jericho's early venture in WWE is that they kind of were in the same boat with WCW, whereas that you know they didn't really have that much to really do with them. Uh, but then they just decided, hey, would you feel, would you be okay with feuding with a woman, which would be the Intercontinental Champion at the time, the late great Hall of Famer, China. And one of the things that Jericho definitely highlights during you know the early parts of his career is that something that helped him got get over was his feud uh, with China, but also when he would go into uh, having spitting wars and just these deals with Stephanie McMahon. Just absolutely, I love everything that that Jericho did with Stephanie McMahon. Even some of the stuff that they did uh, in recent years, like there's the one where Stephanie is basically telling Jericho that he needs to, you know, get get you know, he needs to apologize to you know to me, to Vince, to all the people, all the people where he ba- where she's basically trying to get Jericho to get on his knees and just apologize to people. It's just so freaking funny because you just see how Jericho during this phase of just being an absolute tool. Is just 
just has that that face of just like I hate everything. I hate every one of you. He's just getting to his knees doing that kind of stuff. Uh, but the early stuff that Jericho and Stephanie had going on, like uh, Jericho made that insinuation that Stephanie had slept with like every single person on the roster. I mean, so many people already were probably thinking like, oh, he's talking about the deal with Randy Savage. And then they were just like, you know, I don't think that's where it's going because there's some points where Stephanie was basically just making these comments and that's one of those things where it's like, okay, Jericho has a right to make these because with Stephanie making comments where I think she was doing like this deal where she was trying to talk to Rob Van Dam about her about his match with Jericho and <laughs> and she, she's basically saying, She's basically say, saying to Rob, if you beat you know Jericho tonight, I can guarantee that you could have a pleasurable time in the alliance. And it's funny because they were doing like because it was during like Stephanie's birthday, and Jericho's just like, oh birthday, huh? How old are you gonna be? Thirty two, thirty seven, something. And Stephanie's like, no, I'm gonna be a twenty five. Jericho just goes, no, 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 no. I asked how old you were, not how many guys you've been in the last week. <laughs> just, but the boobies hit the floor. Oh god, I was gonna I was gonna get to that, but yes. The, the whole thing where he was just giving Stephanie grief about about her boobs, and Stephanie, of course, just basically saying, like, say like I don't know what you're talking about, Jericho. I think even during the same segment, he was just saying, like, oh, we'll have a nice celebration for you tomorrow. I'll get some cake, get some party favors, I'll get some balloons. Well, you kind of already have the balloons with you, don't you? <laughs> just one of those things where it's like, like, just this charismatic deal where, yeah, he's being kind of a bit of a dick, but at the same time, He's doing it to one of the most hated women in all professional wrestling. That's what helped him really kind of get over. And the, so many people nowadays can't really do that to Stephanie because somebody's going to take offense to that. Mainly, Vince McMahon, oh, you can't say that about my daughter. You are going to get buried by, uh, who's this guy? This guy's this dude in purple pants. That's Dolph Ziggler. Not exactly. You're going to get eliminated by Ziggler. It's like, I think you're getting too much joy out of this, Vince. I might be going off topic, but whatever. Um, yeah, I loved a lot of the stuff that he did. I think that's one of the reasons why Jericho was really just hitting me so hard was because he could be entertaining, he could be charismatic in any situation. Uh, we talked about some of the highlights. God, we, we have to mention the highlight reel, the talk show, where he basically has all these great, you know, this awesome deal with the rugs. He had, like, these stools. He had a Jeritron 5000. Just, oh my gosh, so much so much great stuff on there. And even when he was on his talk show, he was, again, being so vastly entertaining. Like, Randy Orton was just like, was like, you shut your mouth. And Jericho's like, no, 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 you have to understand, this is my talk show. I'll, tell, I'll shut up when I want to shut up. Just be like, damn it, I love Jericho. <laughs> I, I also loved a lot of the stuff with the highlight reel. That was just great. Yeah, he's had some historic guests on there. I believe he's had a couple of, uh, I don't know if there's ever been a kiss kiss my ass club moment on the highlight reel. Oh, God, I hope but not. But I, no, I, I don't think so. They've just been saved for their own thing. Like, hey, look, uh, my ass can do tricks on oh, OnlyAntStuff.com. On only <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, you have to listen to that before you come here if you want to get that joke. So, another thing with Jericho is like, one thing that really got me over with him was his phantom title win over Triple H. Oh, that's in, right. uh, I remember that. In, in uh, April 2000, like just after WrestleMania. And it was, you know, Earl Hebner doing the fast count because uh, Triple H was screwing with him. And it reminded of what we were talking about before with Owen's phantom title win as well. 
And I, I hate that that's been stricken from the record. So it's like, you know, Chris Jericho is the undisputed champion. He is the WWE champion for the first time. No, he's not. Uh, you had your, your China feud, which, in a way, for, for two different things, because I've, I've read some of his book and listened to a lot of his podcasts, but the China, the China thing was almost both a burial and a test. For, for Chris Jericho. And I just I just got a notification here, breaking news. Uh, Jermaine Lang, thank you very much. Owen Hart, Dark Side of the Ring to air on May 19th. May 19th! Oh, God. Why? No, uh, man. Jacob, good night. No, no, no. That's like right before... God. That's right before the 21st anniversary of, of the accident. Oh, my lord. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just going to go take a box of tissues. So, back on Jericho. Oh, Jericho and Owen. Oh, my goodness. Imagine Jericho and Owen. <sighs> they, they would have the greatest match of all time. I would dare say better than Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. I, I dare say that that would... That would uh, Parallel, well, what I'm going to get into next, and that's his feud with Chris Benoit. Ooh, that's right. Now, they had, because I'm reviewing all the, the 2000 shows for the 20 Bell Salute, cheap plug, free show on Patreon, um, I get to see these matches again, like WrestleMania, Triple Threat, Eurocontinental with, with Angle and Benoit, classic. Uh, submission match with, with Benoit at, I believe it was Judgment Day, classic. Two out of three falls match at SummerSlam 2000. Classic. Ladder match. When Jerk, when friggin' ben, Benoit did the suicide dive right into the chair. Uh, ouch. By the way, I'll break into his hands, but it looked very, very bad in not slow motion. But th- these were two wrestlers that were chomping at the bit to get to the top of the card. And, you know, much like Jericho did earlier in the year, Benoit had a phantom title win against The Rock. So that was that was another weird, screwy Vince Russo. Despite the fact Vince Russo was in WCW, I'm about to say, did, and, he, did oh. he actually have like two of them? Because I think he won one at the at, against the Rock in a one on one match, and then I think he also won in a four way match, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, I think that was one of the deals where, like, right away, boom, the referee was just saying, "Oh, oh no, there, there was something here." Okay, but the the Ben. I think I don't know if it was for a day or if it was kind of like yeah I'm gonna have to watch that it, it's coming up in the back in, in the in the backlog I think it's at like fully loaded but it's it, it was one of those things where it's like you know oh how he won the WCW title locking Sid Vicious in the in the cross face and Sid because he's so huge his foot was under the ropes and Aaron Anderson uh, chose to ignore it. Uh, and we had later on here. This is an underrated one, but I enjoyed his short feud with Kane. It's like you know, you think this is about coffee? Uh, he bumps into Kane with a hot cup of coffee, oh, and then all of a sudden they're feuding. It's like you think this is about coffee? Uh, I almost you know pronounced it like a New Yorker. Yeah, Kane, it, are we sure Kane's from Tennessee? Because he said like like if you know, uh, okay. Other people on the network, most of you all are from the New York uh, state. 
Take coffee. 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 It's Ed, Edzo Amore, how he says soft coffee. Uh, uh. So you, you, had, you had all that. You had like the. I'm just going sequentially here, so I'm just going to do a couple of more and fire it back to you. But we have. The next thing I think I have off of here is William Regal and uh, the T and the P. <laughs> TP. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, oh, yeah. I have lots, by the way. Don't worry. Um, and the underrated slash, you were talking about that library of wrestling rules. Well, this would have its own subsection because there's only been, there's actually been two of these matches, not one. And that is the Queensberry Rules match. I remember that now. Oh, gosh. I mean, that, that was still an entertaining matchup, to say the least. Oh, yeah, despite the fact that Duchess of Queenbury was a dude. <laughs> That, oh gosh, I'm remembering that now. Jeez Louise. Um, but I think we're rounding up like in the year 2001. This was the year that Jericho really started to come into being a megastar. He started doing these deals with you know, the Alliance. He had a match with Rhino where um, where you know he beat, beat him, had a match with RVD. Then they had the match between him and Rock at No Mercy where Jericho won the WCW title for the first time. And then it also culminates at the end of the year. They have vengeance, but we see Jericho every single day he gets a chance to. He talks about the fact that he beat The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same night to become the first ever undisputed champion. With Jer- help, he did not beat them clean. Hey, I still I still count it. It's one of those things where it's like you know what? There's a lot of people that could say that you know this. That the only reason why this happened is because this happened. Blah 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 blah. The only reason why John Cena lost to Randy Orton at TLC was because Randy Orton had him handcuffed to a rope, so he pulled him down. And Cena, for some reason, his his greatest his greatest like what is it weakness is his head hitting a table. <laughs> Somebody could make that feel, but I could still I could make the argument that he is the first and the only undisputed champion in WWE because there's nobody that's done that uh, again. And nobody ever will. Because Jericho is definitely one of those guys that they put the belts on. It was like, wow, they're putting a lot of responsibility on this guy. And he had back-to-back matches again with The Rock and Austin. And then they had that forgettable match at WrestleMania with Triple H. Less said about that, the better, I think. Uh, other than Triple H pedigreeing his own wa- real-life wife at the time. <laughs> Actually, no, they weren't married yet. They were probably still dating, so... His girlfriend at the time, I guess. They were they, they were engaged, I, I believe. I, I think they got oh. married in like oh th- in oh three. Yes. But we we're, we're going back to something here. Speaking of Stephanie McMahon, you neglected to mention in the Rhino match. It was like we got the gore and the whore. <laughs> the great. Oh my gosh. That's, that was the best. Like it, she didn't even like. Oh, shut up! Shut up! She got no comeback. <laughs> That was the same promo, the same night, the same exact promo where uh, The Rock took Booker T to school. <laughs> meet, meet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, class, what is two plus two? Do you know, know, Booker? Thomas Jefferson, sucker! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, one of the best Rob moments of 2001. I'm calling that right ever. now. Of ever. Okay. That that is even a fair. One. I think if we ever had like a episode, we may have to do an episode of like favorite raw moments of all time. 
Oh, gosh. That's definitely going to be on the list. That is definitely going to be on the list. Um, yeah, I think that Jericho kind of went into a little bit of a slump during this time. I mean, he would win the Intercontinental title every now and again. He would have a tag team title run with uh, him and Christian, which had that very interesting moment where their penises got revealed on Raw. With uh, They had that feud with the Dudley Boys, and they were had nothing but their towels on, and then Spike just rips the towels from them. There's that silhouette in the background, of I think of Christian running with no towel. Ah, I'm the next <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a favorite one, but it's one of those things where it's like, that. I remember that. That was funny. Um, oh, God. oh, yeah, he was involved in the first ever Elimination Chamber in 2002. Um, I think he made it to, like, the final three, if I'm not mistaken. Because I think, yeah, I think he was. I think he was. Um, yes. And then you ha- I think, uh, no, no, that was Triple H. Uh, Van, did Van, and I, th- I thought it was, it was him or Van Damme, because I remember there's a spot where Van Damme, you know, frog splashes Triple yep. H right in the larynx, almost yep. killing him. Yeah. No, uh, no, 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 they, he was in the final three, because I remember it went, uh, Van Damme got eliminated by Booker, Booker got eliminated by Jericho, and then they had that deal where it's like, super kick to Kane, pedigree to Kane, lion salt to Kane. He's dead. Um, yeah, Jericho was there, and then Shawn Michaels superkicked him. Which, hey, perfect segue. WrestleMania 19. One of the best matches that those guys ever put on. Jeez Louise, that just... Whew. I mean, the story behind it, where Jericho was say, saying that, you know, at first he wanted to be, like, the next Shawn Michaels, but then he realized he doesn't want to be the next Shawn Michaels. He wants to be the first Chris Jericho. That alone was just great. And everything that they built around that, the match was just absolutely phenomenal. Love that Jericho got like a sweet chin music in on Shawn Michaels during the matchup. And then about a few minutes later, Shawn Michaels was like, oh yeah, eat it, boy! <laughs> just, oh my gosh, that was just a great feud between the two of them. Then he ran into a brick wall known as Goldberg. Less said about that, the better. Um, and then he would... He, I mean, he was still a heel during this time, and he wouldn't really turn face until he got, quote-unquote, romantically involved with Trish Stratus, which, in all honesty, it felt genuine, it felt really good. It's one of those things where it's like, huh, I mean, these two are basically, you know, I think I think Trish was married at the time. Was she? I don't know. Um, but, you know, this was one of those things where you didn't really think about the whole deal where, like, oh, no, these two are married, and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. You were just kind of looking at this, and you were so enveloped in the story that it was just kind of like you were hoping that, you know, Trish and Jericho would actually work. And for a while, I was like, hey, it's working, it's working. And then WrestleMania 20 came along. Boink! We all know how that turned out. Freaking CLB. Uh, I wish I had a loony uh, within my arm's reach, because I would have just put that up, you know, bet the Canadian loony. And I was looking up stuff oh, for this. Oh, yeah, that's right. They had, the, yeah. they had the bet, that's right. I remember that now. And I was looking up stuff for this, and you know what I totally forgot? That there was another wrestler not long after this where Trish was romantically involved with. Do you remember who that was? I think it was, wasn't it uh, Jeff Hardy? No, they just had a couple, like, Makeout oh, sessions okay. because Jeff Hardy, like you know, did the right thing and you know stand up for a woman. No, um, Carlito. Wait, really? Oh, wait, no. That I think that's still still a little bit later on. But yeah, I do. Yeah, remember I, the, I, I, did. I did mean 
mean, I oh, okay, did okay, mean okay, later on, but like hey, later hey, years. I did, I, did, I did forget about that actually. I, I think I remember there was that segment where Carlito was just like, "Hey, when you were, were you going to tell me that you were going to retire?" And you know that was kind of one of those things where it was like the fuel point of Trish and Lita. So yeah, no, I, I actually did forget about that. Damn it! I should have asked. I, I got next next time I see Carlito, I gotta ask him, dude. I gotta know how great of a tr- kiss is uh, kisser is Trish, because there's a part of me that wants to know. I mean, it's it's a fair question, <laughs> but um, let's see here. What happened during 2004? 2004 was another again one of those things where Jericho turned face. He was kind of going like up and down kind of deal. Uh, no, wait, th- there's a, this was a good year towards the end of the year because we got uh, Chris Jericho versus Shelton Benjamin. That was a feud I liked. Shelton Benjamin just coming from from SmackDown, people were like, eh, he's probably not going to be you know, that much of a star. Chris Jericho made him a star, bottom line. Oh, I, was, I don't even remember that. I, when you're thinking Shelton Benjamin, I only remember the spot where, well, you know, the super kick thing. Oh yeah, but but no, uh, he got his first Intercontinental Title win at the first Taboo Tuesday uh, from Chris Jericho, because originally the title was on Edge, but he had to relinquish it due to an uh, injury. But then they had a live match between Chris Jericho and Christian, which was actually really good. I do remember that as one of the main things from that, and of course the burial of Orton's first World Title run. Less said about that, the better. Less said about that, the better. But I understand why. Um, but yeah, then they had that whole deal where it's like, oh, vote to see who you'd want to see Chris Jericho fight at Taboo Tuesday. I, there's a part of me that thought it was going to be Batista. Then Shelton Benjamin came out and was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. This was his breakout moment. They had that match. They had a rematch on Raw. They had a matchup the following year on at a Backlash for the IC title, which was just, that was just the creme de la creme. Just, mwah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, Jericho would also be the one that bring brought up the idea of the Money in the Bank ladder match, so he made another historical moment there. Uh, but this was also the year that he was kind of at the point where he was getting burnt out, just wanted to take time away, uh, spend more time with his family, which he would wind up doing because he would have that feud with Cena and got fired. Uh, creating a very, I, I would definitely say, like hilarious moment on Raw, where Jericho, where uh, Bischoff is just like, Chris, forget all that, because you son of a bitch, you're fired! And then Jericho is just on his hands, and he's just begging Jericho, begging Bischoff. Like, no, I guess, and Bischoff just says, I don't care about your wife or your damn kid! It's one of those things where it's like, wow, before Brock Lesnar didn't give a shit about Heath Slater's kids, Bischoff, you cold, worthless bastard. Um... Yeah, Jericho would be carried off. He's just shaking. I was like, Mr. Bischoff! Mr. Bischoff, no! Just, what the fuck? Oh, my God. That that was some funny stuff. Uh, and then, uh, come 2007, 2008, I want to say it was. Uh, we Seven. Sh- thank you. Uh, 2007, we started getting, like, these random vignettes of this savior is going to be coming back. Uh, this savior is going to save Raw and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until a very fateful day, fateful night, Monday Night Raw, Randy Orton's in the ring, he's just, he's the WWE champion, he's like, oh, we're going to have like a symbolic passing of the torch deal. There's this guy who looks like he ran for the Olympics, just crossing all over, I think it was uh, 
whatever town they were in. He gets to the arena. Next thing you know, he just gets clotheslined by somebody. And then we and then we see it's him. It's Chris Jericho. The code was broken. It said, save us. Why? Two. Jay. Chris Jericho came back. Oh, I was excited. I, I loved it. It was just an absolutely awesome one. And that's one thing that Jericho really did a great job of. Whenever he came back, it was something memorable. It was something that everybody was talking about. Again, he could remain relevant no matter what. Just, that was awesome. That, that was one of my first favorite moments and true moments in wrestling was just that whole deal. Jericho came back, just berates Randy Orton, and oh my gosh, yes, one of the, one of the another great moment from Jericho for Jericho on Raw, where he's just like, like I'm gonna explain this to you very slowly so that even Orton can understand. Me want title match, and then he just has visuals. He's like, me, it's Jericho, want Cookie Monster title WWE Championship match, and then just a flip match. Oh my gosh, just again, he's continued to be entertaining. And that was where we also got introduced to the Codebreaker, his new finisher. Uh, Goddamn. Jericho coming back this time around was just great. Uh, Do you have anything more that I kind of missed, Fretz? Or was there anything else you wanted to kind of add on? I don't think so. I I remember that night well. Uh, It was... A very, I think an underrated moment. I think you know anybody could see that it was going to be Chris Jericho, but so that, that that spot where he clotheslines the guy and then you know pan up, you, you see like the you, you know, his little vest. It, it, it's it's him. It's obvious. Uh, and I, I thought it was kind of ironic that around just before this, maybe about oh five oh six, Fozzy did a pay per view theme for TNA. That's right. I remember that now. And it was actually the same. Uh, what was it? The, sa- the same theme song we did for the recent No Way Out uh, review that we did. Uh, that's right. Yes, yes. I, I forgot about that. Did I have? That, uh, I just had stuff about the alliance and his uh, anti-American gimmick and his feud with Cena. I think which got him quitting the first time. But his one thing I wish I didn't. I didn't get to see at the time, but I wish I got to, was his, uh, well, the upcoming topic, his heel run in 08. Ooh, yeah. So basically, guys, to paint you a picture of what basically happens with this, is that Jericho and Shawn Michaels are kind of mini-feuding in this deal, and Jericho has Shawn Michaels on the highlight reel. He basically calls out Shawn Michaels because of the fact that Shawn was feigning a knee injury with his feud with Batista, as well as his feud with uh, Jericho. And I think it was, I'm trying to remember what his words were kind of like. This is kind of be like a verbatim kind of deal. Where basically he just said, you know, how is it that, you know, I'm being honest and, you know, everybody's kind of booing me, but when these people look at you, they cheer for a washed up worm of a man like yourself. And this is where Jericho just assaults Michaels, throws him into the Jeritron 5000, which, guys, remember, this is not where Shawn Michaels had the lazy eye. He's had a lazy eye for his entire career. So shut up about this. Um, this is where we got Suit Jericho, and he's just coming out with this serious face and just has this a huge encyclopedia and dictionary language where he's just calling people parasites, just being a complete, utter dick. But it was something that we just kind of loved to hate because Jericho went from being vastly entertaining to just being 
completely dry, straight, no nonsense. Just it was it was weird to see, but looking back at it, I loved it. I loved this heel run as Jer- with Jericho. And, you know, I didn't watch a lot of it because, well, my job at the time was not allowing me to catch up on the wrestling and actually, you know, not have much internet access because I was working at a camp. However, this camp was very close to my cottage, and on my days off, I'd bump up to the cottage. And what is one thing I got to see there? Kizarni's debut match. <laughs> oh, no. I saw him. This is coming up in the 20-ball archives, but I went to one indie show my entire life, came to my hometown, and a very young Kizarni was on that card as Sin. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I'm sorry. He looked like Chris Jericho back then. It was funny. <laughs> so, yeah, he has this heel run for at least a good two, three years before taking time off again. He kind of comes back sporadically continues to do a little bit of his, like, you know, he kind of mixes everything together with some of his more recent deals. But we fast forward a bit further in his career, and the next time that he strikes gold is with another fellow Canadian by the name of Kevin Owens. Fretz, how awesome of a duo was Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho? They were so good. And this was when Chris Jericho was just making subtle little things over. Like, like, I'm holding a notebook, a piece of paper. He made a piece of paper over. He made the word it over. A scarf. Uh, nuances. Little things. And this is also around the time he was making his journey back for a couple of months to feud with somebody and put them over. Like, he had a thing with Bray Wyatt. I mean, Bray Wyatt interrupted Talk is Jericho in one thing. That's back when you know, Jericho used to have his, right. pa- his pay-per-view predictions and he had a... Oh, I forget what he... He had this alter ego doing these predictions, but then he'd have people calling in and then one time you would just get, you know, a caller like, Hello, Chris. It's like, Wyatt. Like, something, something... Eater of Worlds, something, something, Bray Wyatt, Sermon, Chris Jericho, something, something. Then he'd go away, he'd come back, and he'd wrestle like Fandango, go away, he'd wrestle like... He had a banger of a match with uh, with Pac in, I think it was like a SummerSlam or like a B-Show pay-per-view. And that's one thing I admired about Chris Jericho at this point in time. And then when he was paired with Kevin Owens, I mean, that and... I'm going to say it now because it leads into it, but the Festival of Friendship is the most heart-wrenching piece (laughs) of wrestling TV I have seen since, like, I'm Sorry, I Love You from Shawn Michaels. Great, great, right in the heart here. Just, I I knew, I knew it. It stabbed me right in the heart. Just... So, so good. I mean, he is such a good storyteller, such a good talker that all this and that, that led up to that moment. And it was like, you know, he pulls up the list, like, why is my name on this list? Boom! It's on. It's, it's crazy because throughout, throughout the months, they were actually teasing the fact that these guys were going to be, you know, 
breaking up with each other. I think one of the best moments from there was when they were uh, just kind of fight yelling at each other, and they they just had the deal where they're just like, you know whose fault it is? You know whose fault it is? I know whose fault it is. Roman Reigns, and then they just hug each other. Just one of those things was like, wow, they're they're sticking around for quite a while. And there's so many moments where it's like they're breaking up this week, they're breaking up this week. Nope, they're not. Nope, nope, nope. By the time Festival of uh, Friendship came along, I think there's still so many people who are like, this is it, this is where they're going to break up. But there's still some people who are like, no way, there's there's no way they're going to break up. Probably not going to be until after like the whole deal with Goldberg, something like that. But it's one of those moments, like you said, it's heart-wrenching because you kind of see it coming, but at the same time you don't. It was one of those moments where they had us guessing what what was going to happen. I mean, they had the deal where they where Jericho was presenting gifts. They had the 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 freaking dancers. They had the he had this nice little uh, nice little statue. The 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 picture of friendship where it's just Kevin Owens and Jericho. On it. Oh my god! Michelangelo painting right there. That was that was amazing. <sighs> So good. Uh, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when the moment that he asked the question about his name being on that list, and we see him pull the list up. It's the list of KO. It's like, no, no, no. And there's Kevin Owens going right after him. It's like, damn it, no. Uh, and this is around the time I think that this was like the last great thing that Chris Jericho did in his career in WWE, and he put over Kevin Owens immensely. That was just absolutely just fantastic. Uh, the WrestleMania match, I think a lot of people would definitely debate, like, it's it's okay, but at the same time, Jericho hit the nail on the head in an interview where he said, the problem was that we were basically following up the uh, AJ Styles-Shane McMahon match. Anytime that you're the second match on there, you might as well just be, like, dead in the water. There's, like, no way that you can actually, you know, do that. And I think if they had, like, a different match in that place and had Jericho and Kevin Owens further down the line the match itself probably would have been better it probably would have had a little more you know better reaction and stuff like that but I mean the feud between them like I said it was great uh, the deal where Kevin Owens uh, broke the walls of Jericho because I think it was like his his index finger or his pinky or something like that and they did that with <laughs> they had incorporated that into the storytelling where Chris Jericho was just stomping on Kevin Owens finger just quote unquote breaking it until the I think that was oh yeah that was the following event uh, payback I believe where Jericho regained the uh, U.S. title but like I said I think that was like the last best thing that Jericho did was the festival of friendship his stuff with Kevin Owens then we get into him just shaking the earth by joining an elite squad of wrestlers known as All Elite Wrestling my God. This was just absolutely... No, no, but even before that, he leaves WWE and he goes over to Japan. He was just kind of like, I don't know how I feel about Japan. I've had some matches there. It's fine, but... but him versus Kenny Omega. Okay, I'm interested. Match is over. Wow. Jericho could do that? You gotta, you gotta be kidding me. That just was great. And we look at all the stuff that he was able to incorporate while he was over in Japan. He he brought a movie that was literally about murder and rape and incorporated it into his persona. The freaking Clockhouse Orange deal. What the freaking hell. And then he would go on to win his 10th Intercontinental title. Not with WWE, but in New Japan. Which I thought, woo, baby, that was awesome. That was awesome. Ah. Uh, like I said, then he joins uh, AEW. 
he does a lot of these shows, you know, whether it's, you know, in Japan or with All Elite. I remember the moment where All In, where after Kenny Omega and Pentagon just had their match, Pentagon just literally gets up, hits a code breaker, mask removed, it's Chris Jericho. And they talk about the cru- the Jericho Cruise, which is also another genius. How genius is it that he was able to afford that much money to have an entire cruise for wrestling fans? How crazy is that? That's so crazy. That's so cool. It's something I would have I consider as a potential bucket list, but now given the fact that you know a lot of cruise ships. Uh, some people were infected with Steve Carino. Uh, it's uh, very uneasy about it. I'm just wondering to myself out loud how many people on that boat might have. But that's just besides the point. That's that's nothing. You get a cruise ship wrestling at a cruise. Like how has that not been a, a thing before? It's it's outrageous that it's not and. And a lot of people make the, you know the joke when you go to Comic Con or you go to uh, anything where there's a lot of fans. Uh, you get uh, a lot of smelly marks, if you will. So you like you make that joke where the guys like wearing a mask and having like all the deodorant sprays as the Infinity Gauntlets. So that's a yeah. that's a that's a funny thing. And oh, and wear deodorant. Uh, besides washing your hands, folks, where do you order it, please? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just a genius idea, and you know I've seen things where you where you mix up, you know, a, a wrestling show and a move and like a a, a, a a concert or or something. It's just another way to stay relevant and to evolve with with the times and just evolve bits of his character. It's sorry, I'm answering a text from my mother at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking. Yeah, it's, it's just mom's made mom's made the podcast again. Hi, mom. Uh, yeah, we have. I I I love it, and you know the AEWs that were on the cruise ship were were fun, but I'm disappointed we never saw anyone go overboard. <laughs> Oh man, there would have to have been like some kind of like insurance claim or some kind of boat behind where they could have just uh, they could have caught it or something like that. I don't know. There would have been like some interesting deal they would have to do that. But you mentioned that you know with Jericho, he's still finding a way to stay relevant. He's still changing himself. He's doing just absolutely insane deals. But he's also keeping the fans entertained. One of the things that he says is that you know the main reason why you're here is because of the fans. You got to get a reaction from them. If you're not getting a reaction from them. You're not doing your job. We're here to be entertaining. We're here to make them cheer. We're here to make them boo. We're here to do everything like that. And that's one of the things that I love about Jericho is the fact that he still cares about the fans. And he knows that, hey, there's something that might not work here. But if I'm a little persistent about it, maybe it will get over. Like we said, a a freaking scarf, paper, champagne he got over. And it's one of the greatest things that he's ever done. Just... Everything that he touches turns to gold. And he just continues to just change wrestling one day at a time. In all honesty, he is one of the ultimate game changers in professional wrestling. And one of the reasons why I still love wrestling is because of Chris Jericho. I mentioned before, him with a drone, with Vanguard 1, is still entertaining. It would not work with anybody else 
other than maybe uh, Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy. It would not work with anybody else except Chris Jericho. He's one of those guys who can just continue to make wrestling fun and make it something that everybody can enjoy. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to highlight Chris Jericho so much. And so happy that we did. That we did. Just Chris Jericho, we love you. And hey, if you want us on your, on your show, Talk with Jericho, more than happy to. And hey, come on our show if you want to. We'll, we'll extend the invitation to you. Uh, I'll bring the bubbly. Why not? I got, well... I don't have bubbly, but I have uh, Boscong Brewing Campfire Rye Ale. Close enough, uh, because, <laughs> hey, I, I still can't see the bubbly at liquor stores. Even now, well, liquor stores are still considered essential up here. <laughs> uh, well, because alcohol is necessary. How else are you going to get through this? I, I want to see it. I just want to buy it once, just to have it. Hey, fair enough. Alright guys, so it's time for the cameo of the week. And in all honesty guys, this is one of those cameos that I'm kind of scared to uh, <clears throat> to post because there's a specific someone in our WrestleAddict radio network who loves this person. But at the same time I was like, eh, I'll take my chance to see what happens. So guys, thank you so much. And uh, take it away, Jordan! This is a shout-out for Nathan Grunman, a.k.a. Nate the Great, celebrating five years of his online podcast. That's five years of producing content, five years of entertaining his fans. That's not easy to do. And, uh, you know, it's in times like these when everyone's stuck at home, everyone's staying safe and self-isolating, that I hope guys like yourselves come into their own and, and double down their efforts. You know, I'm stuck here at home. I'm at a loose end. I can't do anything but you guys online doing podcasts and things like that can keep people entertained so thank you very much for for five years and best of luck for the next five yeah so for those of you that don't know who that was that was jordan devlin the nxt cruiserweight champion aka one of kate murphy's daddies you're welcome queen b love you <laughs> i mean i told you that i was going to have him probably do, do this deal so question is are we at the point where she's probably going to be like send location, or have I not poked the bear enough? Uh, I think we're I think we're fired <laughs> just because of a cameo. Damn it, Jordan Devlin! Why do you have to be so ruggedly awesome? <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you, Jordan. Uh, thank you, Jordan Devlin, so much for that. You know what? I'm feeling a little generous. I think we need to do another one. I'm I'm that crazy sob that likes to do that. So why not do another one? Uh, this one is actually a very cool one for me because this is a bit more of a personal one that I love immensely. And I can tell you this, since day one, this is a gentleman who I have loved watching ever since I saw him. And he was the first guy I followed on Twitter. So guys, enjoy this, bro. Nate the effing great, what's up? It's me, the thousand dollar broski. Matt Cardona, a.k.a. WWE Superstar Zack Ryder, about to go work out in the backyard. We're all stuck inside. I've been doing a lot of work on my podcast, the Major Recipe Podcast, but I just wanted to congratulate you on five years. Five years as a podcaster. That is awesome. Uh, hopefully I make it to five years. Hopefully we both make it to 10 years, 15 years, 50 years. Who knows? And, uh... Just want to say thanks for supporting me from day one. You uh, got on Twitter just to uh, keep up with me, which is pretty, pretty cool, pretty humbling. So thanks a lot, bro. Nate, the effing great. Keep it up, bro. 
I don't think I'm going to be fired just because of that one. That was one that I absolutely loved the fact that, hey, now I could say that I have a married couple that has done a bit of a celebrity shout-out deal. That was just That's just awesome. I got a Chelsea Green, and I got a Zack Ryder. It's just absolutely awesome. So, guys, for those of you that want to enjoy a wonderful Cameo, all you have to do is go over to Cameo.com and look at the lineups that they have of actresses, actors, athletes, wrestlers, whatever you might think of, it's probably more than likely there. Definitely check out Cameo.com. We're not sponsored by them, but the fact that I'm doing all these Cameos, we might as well be at this point. All right, so I do believe that I have this week's Game Changer of the Week. And guys, I don't know if we've kind of mentioned this one. If we have, I apologize, but he is just that amazing. For this one, I went with Adam the Man Blompier. This is a guy who just is vastly entertaining, whether he's doing his rebookings, whether he's basically telling a story about some of the things he's done with wrestling, and everything that he's been doing with Parts Funknown, with Wrestle Talk, it's just absolutely great. And I love seeing him back in the professional wrestling realm. Loved it. Love this guy. He's a genius. Ding. I just cannot get enough of Adam Blompier. And I know that you and I... Every single time I send you a video that features Adam Blompier, especially like a booking or something like that, you have the immediate reaction of just be like, drop whatever you're doing, it's Blompier time. Yeah, it was like, well, I, the last two times you texted him to me, I was playing Animal Crossing, and if I can be honest, I was playing it just like two minutes ago while we were doing the podcast, like, like I'm Will. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, Blompier was a big part of my uh, wrestling fandom, fantasy booking, and he he was like he was one of the reasons why I'm just like, huh, I'd like to do that. And you know, now that you know, we got into me starting off with blogging and getting into podcasting. Although I did dabble in podcasting several years ago with my buddy Andrew in Massachusetts. Andrew, shout out to you. Uh, he has a Twitch channel. I believe it is Skaman1978. He streams almost every night. Uh, a lot of, lot of PC stuff. Uh, he plays a lot of ska and Christian music on his stream. He's a really down-to-earth, excuse me, down-to-earth guy. If you check him out, do tell him that Fretz sent you. Uh, he'll, I, I don't know how he'll <laughs> uh, reply to it, but you know, it's awesome. <laughs> just be like, who are these people, and why am I getting threats? Why you do this to me, man? <laughs> yeah, Skaman1978 on Twitch. Uh, when I don't know his schedule, I personally haven't tuned in in a while, but him and I did a couple video game podcasts that are lost to the internet, and they're gone. Wow. Well, that just means that you're going to have to make something that's just as epic as that if not more epic. Uh, indeed. <laughs> Alright, so Mr. Fretz, I do believe that you have the random question of the week. Why we do this? Because we like being random. And obviously, if you haven't listened to the early part of the podcast, you need to understand how random we can get. So, by all means, Fretz, what you got for me this week? You know what? I completely forgot about it until just now. <laughs> wow. I... You know me, man. I, I'm working a whole boatload. I'm true, tired. True. Um, I'll okay. Your favorite comic book character? Who is it? Favorite comic book character? 
Oh, character. Oh, jeez. Because I was automatically going to like the default, which is superhero. But then it's just like, wait, comic book character. Ooh, that that makes... superhero character, whatever, anything. That's that's st- that's still a toughie one because I mean I can go with the default for me, which is Spider Man. I am a big fan of his, and recently uh, I just got done watching the uh, Nostalgia Critics Spider Month, where he just got done yes. watching uh, Spider the Amazing Spider Man Two. Spoiler alert: It's a dumpster fire, especially towards the end. Um, but it is one of those things where I liked how it kind of ended where he said that, you know, no matter what you go through, no matter how many times people might try to, you know, shake you down, you always find a way to come back up and usually you come back stronger than ever. So that's one of the things that I love about, you know, uh, love, love about Spider-Man. So yeah, definitely Spider-Man would be my favorite comic book uh, character of all time, because the fact that it's Spider-Man, it's awesome, he was my hero growing up, it's one of those things that's always a default. I will praise Spider-Man until the day that I die. I will say this, though, uh, I actually did a podcast recently where I was talking about the uh, the greatest like, superhero of all time brackets, like the March Madness one. Uh, what was a surprise was that in the Marvel side, it came down between Deadpool and Spider-Man. And I actually cho- chose Deadpool in there. I can't pick Deadpool because I've not read a comic of his, but I definitely should. Because if he's anything the way Ryan Reynolds portrays him, it's going to be wild and a crazy ride. Uh, but ultimately, the winner of that entire deal was Wonder Woman. And I actually said that to one of my coworkers, and he was just like, What? What you talking <laughs> And I show him the bracket, and he's just kind of like, Okay, I can kind of see where you were coming from. It's like, yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Some of it's easy. Some of it's like, that's it's tough. It is very tough. Uh, yeah, Fretz, I'll have to send you that. And I want. I actually want to know your results going into that uh, that that deal. So maybe we'll reveal them next week on the Game Changer Podcast. Until then, guys, we've been going on for over two hours, but the first hour and a half, roughly, was just absolutely amazing. Thank you to Ant for being a part of the show. Thank you to everybody who has supported us over these years, celebrating five years in podcasting, guys. This has just been an absolutely wild and crazy ride, and I cannot think of anyone better that I'd rather have than my co-host, the one and only Canadian mastermind, that being Mr. Fretz. So thank you, Fretz, for everything that you have done, and thank you so much for joining me on this ride, and hopefully we can make it to that 10 years, as well as to, hey, I mean, Zack Ryder mentioned, you know, 50 years. All I thought to myself was, I could literally see myself doing that, being like 78, 79 years old, and just talking about random stuff like, my prune juice is not the way it should be. I remember when I was a youngin when prune juice was actually damn good. And, and, my, and my grandkids will be like, Grandpa, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean. The prune juice is up. Oh my gosh, I'm a bizarre person, but I don't care at this point. So again, guys, check us out on our Twitters at the Legendary JF at the Real Effin Game, as well as check out everybody at Wrestle Attic Radio at Attic underscore Wrestle Kings of the Rings podcast, as well as Young Lions Perspective. We plug everybody that we could possibly can, including the Rant, those Wrestling Girls, uh, Rufus Aggression Podcast, Cultaholic Stuff, What Culture, Wrestle Talk. Uh, parts fun known, um, nostalgia crack, anything that you can find, guys, it's always vastly entertaining. It just takes time, it takes a little bit of looking, takes a little elbow grease, 
but eventually you'll find something that you absolutely will love and we definitely will continue to bring you guys some positivity in the world of professional wrestling uh fritz do you have any closing comments or closing remarks as we close another day head towards the uh pirate ship that is wrestlemania whether it's a sinking ship or a floating ship Deadpool comic recommendations. I have, uh, I think it's Night of the Living Deadpool and Deadpool and the Dead Presidents. Uh, the Dead Presidents one is exactly what it sounds like. Zombie Presidents of the United States. It's hysterical. Alright, so I'll definitely have to do that. So guys, for Fritz, I've been Nate the Effing Great. You've been listening to the Bunny Trail Podcast with Anthony Stefano as well as Seth Froggins. Thank you so much for t- tuning in. And we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Release the hounds. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. 5-Hour Energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then 5-Hour Energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down.